Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman Stubbs and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck Batman. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. Well, I just pressed record, so. All right. Well, we can do that. Now. We can do that now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You sniveling little fuck. Um, don't look at me like that. And welcome back. To the Hall of Heroes okay. podcast. First of all, it's and welcome everyone back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. Welcome How you're supposed back. to say it. Do the podcast. No, shut up. <laughs> Stop same like... bat time in the same bat place. Same bat time, same bat channel. If you're gonna mock me, <laughs> come correct. We love you three thousand. Goodbye, everybody. This has been Jared Bachman Stubbs with my co-host Spence War. Um, Am I a joke to you? Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's let's pretend we're gonna put on a okay. podcast here. Yeah. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. I can't say <laughs> it now. <laughs> Just play cool. I won't look at you. All right. And welcome everyone back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host Jared Bachman Stubbs, and I am joined by. The one and only birthday boy, Spencer Simpson. I don't know, but I'm birthday boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's my birthday. You can you can send me presents if you, you like. Have a TJ put in the uh, Thor Ragnarok. It's my birthday. I, that's been going <laughs> through my head all day. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking it up right now. Dude, I was it's doing that. my birthday. I was doing that all through my birthday, like under my breath. Just the whole time when we were at the casino, just, it's my birthday. The whole time. Will this play through my speakers? We'll find out here in a second. Let's see. All right, that's through your headphones. It it is ear raping me currently. Well, let's let's fix that, shall we? Um, Output device. No, that's not what we want. It is now piano music. Oh, nice. Really loud piano music. It's my birthday. Now it is completely quiet. All right. Well, I've, I kind of forgot we were on the air just now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah. I love how this is rougher now that we're in person. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> it's, we, uh, sorry, everybody. It's so much harder to keep us under control when we're actually in the same room. Yeah. So... Shows the quality uh, of the show is going to take a huge nosedive now that we're actually in the same room together. Honestly, um, but yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> the big two zero. My grandmother sends me twenty bucks for my twentieth birthday, so I'll expect uh, a check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, how, how you feel? You feel you feel different? Not really. Two decades. I got up and went to work yesterday. I got up and went to work today. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that 
it was really crappy out this morning, and so I only worked for like two hours, then got in the Oof. car and went home and That's made myself point. a Hot Pocket. Hot Pocket? Yes, sir. I dropped my Hot Pocket. It's one of my favorite <laughs> I've been, um, typically whenever like I get here in a bit and we're like, you know, snuggle buddies and everything. Yeah. Shoot. It randomly happened where she just she wanted to watch a try not to laugh video, yeah. and I don't know how she like even found out those existed. <laughs> she insisted on watching one with me, and we granted I was I had the wherewithal to like you know pull the phone away and cover the speaker yeah. um, during the Markiplier ones for things she shouldn't be saying at the age of seven, right? Um, but we've like slowly graduated into like. Like the canonized vines, <laughs> and like <laughs> canonized. It's been it's great it's that that's a, a thing, really. It's been a hoot, honestly. Like here is like legitimately like she. I don't remember what she quoted a vine the other day, and I'm like, you're seven. Like you're clearly <laughs> the younger sister of people my and Logan's age. Vines. Oh, it was excellent. Her favorite is like the um, Team Fortress Two. The uh, source video, it's like the, the soup store one. That is her favorite. Like the, why are you I'm buying clothes? Soup. <laughs> why what are you, you buying clothes at, at the soup, soup store? Oh, she was in stitches. But yeah, buddy, happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. I'm really happy to uh, yeah. ring in the big 2 0 recording a podcast with I you. Know. In Isn't the flesh. it just great that I've devoted uh, so much of my of my birthday? My actual birthday yeah. to, to to you guys. It is truly my my privilege. Yeah. And we had to drive through a uh, Thor throwing a temper tantrum outside. Yeah, the that's big right. Ball of yeah. lightning. It was threatening to destroy us all. Even though I clearly could see that it was blowing far to the east. That wasn't my call. And south. And uh, anyway, I'm not I'm not dissing anyone in particular. Just kind of. You, you, you're only was, doing that because you know they don't listen to this yeah. show. <laughs> I was willing to brave the elements for this show, but Jared and his clan were somewhat skeptical of how safe the drive. I had faith. Two blocks down the road. I had faith. Would be. Everybody else felt a little skittish until it kind of dissipated. Here's here's a trick for you, kids. Ready? If the clouds are getting smaller, you're good. Well, everybody was also mostly inside because there was someone else in the house as well. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you if you ever seen Poltergeist, right? You just count you count how long it takes for the thunder to get there, and if the, the and if it's getting longer, then you're in good shape. But if it's getting shorter, then we're nearing the scary climactic part of the movie where dead people come out of your backyard. But that's neither here nor there. No, I'm I'm impressed with your Poltergeist reference, though. Oh, thank you. It's it's one of my favorite movies that hasn't aged well in terms of special effects. <laughs> it's no good, though. Anyway, why don't we kick it off? Yes. Do you want the first story or the second story? Because I feel well, like you were, I, you're really into both, and I am obviously talking about Batman. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and take the first one. Yeah. So this is a story in from The Collider. Uh, Kevin Feige says the Mandarin and the Ten Rings will return to the MCU. Now, for those of you who remember, um, the Ten Rings uh, slash the Mandarin are primarily an Iron Man villain, and they showed up in the very first movie... Uh, um, Iron Man 1 
kind of hidden in the background. And I didn't really yeah. pick up on the Very fact that subtle. that's who they were talking about until like my second or third rewatch after um, after Iron Man three came out, where like in the yeah. in the cave and. In Afghanistan, with the with the guy who gets you know scarred on it. What the heck's his name? Does anybody know his name? He has a name, but like I, I don't the, know off the top of my head. The, the main. The that's main a good inner geek and question. That's a good yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> so for the federal agents listening in on this podcast, make sure you you tell inner geek schmodown that that needs to yeah. be a question. But Nick Fernandez, get on it. Yeah, <laughs> but but like uh, in the cave and in the background, there's there's that symbol that shows up in Iron Man 3 with like the actual 10 rings making a circle yeah. and it's like two cross swords and it wasn't and the yeah. Rings. yeah and it it's wasn't a terrorist really organization that kidnaps Tony yeah and it wasn't because they don't emphasize it yeah. in, in Iron Man 3 either it took me it wasn't until my second watch through that I realized that that um Ben Kingsley's character is actually wearing a ring on every finger yep but they aren't really flashy they don't look very comic accurate they're just kind of there they look like they're for decoration and so it just never caught my eye but anyway on to the story uh spoilers ahead for avengers endgame if you haven't seen it by now shame on you i don't know why you're listening to this podcast i'm i'm shocked by the fact we have that you mentioned it every listen, episode you you listen to a comic book podcast and have not seen avengers endgame but i want to know what you're doing with your life but the article says spoilers ahead so i feel like i should also say spoilers ahead fair enough okay this is from the article here. After the events of Avengers Endgame, it looks like all of the Iron Man storylines have been wrapped up. Tony Stark died saving the universe. Sorry, you were warned. Um, <laughs> Tony Stark died saving the universe. And earlier in the MCU, we learned that the Ten Rings and the Mandarin were the false front for Aldrich Killian, except that they weren't. The Marvel one-shot, quote, All Hail the King, revealed that the Mandarin and the Ten Rings were real and that they were less than pleased with Trevor Slattery using their name. Hmm. But since then, the Ten Rings uh, seems to have largely phased out of the MCU, and the terrorist organization was rendered even smaller by the galactic events unfolding in the the later part of the Infinity Saga. Um, But with an interview from Kevin Feige, it seems as though um, they're going to be bringing back uh, the the Ten Rings and the Mandarin. Um, This is is the, the question and the answer. From an interview with the Reddit Ask Me Almost Anything with Kevin Feige, the question was, without going into details about developing projects, are there any plans to incorporate the Ten Rings from the first Iron Man or the, quote, real Mandarin teased in All Hail the King in the future? Feige answered, yes. And then um, later on in the interview, it talked about uh, how Feige sort of plans ahead for the MCU, and he mentions how they have roughly a five-year plan. Um, he says, usually we work with a specific five-year plan at any given point, but often have a general plan that extends much, much further. Uh, so perhaps within the next five years, we will see the, quote, real Mandarin if Trevor Slattery was an utter delight, which he was. <laughs> that, how know, often we, we Trevor, quoted that, that movie <laughs> after it had come out. <laughs> Especially Joel. Joel loved it. What was the one? Uh, you want something? Take it. Although the guns are all fake because those wankers wouldn't trust me with the real ones. <laughs> Your Kingsley's really good. Mr. President. <laughs> America. Ready for another lesson. Oh, never Steve. You know who I am. You don't know where I am. <laughs> and you'll never see me coming. 
I, I feel like I'm in the same room as the chameleon no, actor. No, you don't. No, you don't. Be quiet. <laughs> I just love doing the Mandarin because he's so cheeky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's so cheeky. Trevor, Trevor Sattery, I'm an actor. Ole, 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 ole. Um, all right. Uh, move. Do you have any thoughts on that before we move on? That, it's, it's a pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's, really. It's exciting. It is know? exciting. I'm, I'm curious as to how they're going to um, follow through with that. Um, you know, with Spider-Man Far From Home, it kind of seems like S.H.I.E.L.D. is being undefunct. So, like, maybe there's going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. story that deals with the Mandarin um, just because he's really under the pay grade of, like, a Thor or Captain Marvel or Doctor Strange. And I also think that they can do better things with, like, uh, Bucky and Sam. Like, I don't know. I didn't put it in the notes because I wasn't sure how legit it was, but I saw a rumor floating around that apparently, like, Agent 13 and Zemo are confirmed for the Bucky and Sam show, which makes sense. Oh, yeah. I, that's the best villain to standard use. Cat, and I, yeah, a standard cat villain. Yeah. And I, yeah, I said before, like there's a re like every villain they haven't killed off comes back. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's the biggest thing to remember is that <laughs> Zemo is still floating around yeah. out there somewhere in, in, uh, what the heck's his name? Martin Freeman's, yeah, a, a, a government cell someplace. Well, hell, after the snap, yeah, who knows if he's still? Yeah. Well, 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 they brought everybody. Back. Well, he's alive, he's definitely alive. But like, but who knows if like the snap created a situation where he could escape, who or knows? you know, whatever may have happened, or like whenever he came back, there was no one to like lock him right back yeah, up immediately. But again, as as endearing as Kingsley's performance was, I think some of us, Jared, I think I can speak for both of us that were. Maybe more than a little bit disappointed that the Mandarin that we know and love from the comics is this really... Technically, it was Aldrich Killian, yeah, but it was still like, like, you know... We, we still uh, okay. kind, of, kind of cheated <laughs> yeah. maybe a little bit. As, as lovely as it was. I know. I'm a, yeah, I'm the kind of guy who... I was able who, to get over it because, it was, yeah. like I said, he's so cheap. It was fun. You know, that's the... I think that was like one of the biggest moments in times the MCU went, we're our own thing, so we're going to do our own thing. Um, that and the whole shield Hydra. I feel like those yeah. are the two biggest moments when they went, yeah, here's this thing from the comics. This is our thing now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, moving right along. Um, James Gunn has finally opened up about uh, the whole tiff he had with Disney. <clears throat> um, this is from the AV Club and Britt Hayes reporting. In a dramatic turn of events last summer, James Gunn was fired by Disney after a series of old offensive tweets resurfaced, tweets featuring jokes about pedophilia and rape. Despite the outpouring of support for his colleague, from his colleagues, the stars of his two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, professional peers, and friends, Disney showed no signs of rehiring Gunn, who had previously apologized for his edgy jokes. But then something kind of amazing happened. Disney rehired Gunn, who had already moved on to write and direct The Suicide Squad for Warner Brothers. He will not be directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 when he finishes work on the DC film. In the months since, Gunn has kept mostly quiet about his firing and rehiring, but in a surprisingly in-depth discussion with Deadline, 
The filmmaker opens up about the experience, shedding a positive light in rather in a rather upsetting but crucial moment in his career. <coughs> Good time. Oh, thank you. Congested. Over the course of a rather lengthy interview, Gunn reflects on how he felt throughout every step of the firing and rehiring process. Speaking of Disney's Alan Horn, Gunn says, I really believe he is a good man, and I think he hired me back because he thought it was the right thing to do. I've always really liked and admired him. I was touched by his compassion. That optimism and compassion is consistent throughout the interview, in which Gunn thoroughly compares his split with Disney to an amicable divorce. But I would hate to look back on the six years that my wife and I were together and think, oh, what a waste of time. Instead, I think it was a real it was a time when I really grew a lot and we were really good to each other. There were some problems and we weren't supposed to be married, but it was a well it was well worth living that six years with my ex. I wanted to feel that way about Disney. I didn't want to look back and feel bitter, upset or angry because all sorts of emotions are attached to it. But I just wanted to be able to comfortably say goodbye and splitting up after splitting up, and that's where my head was at. Even in the very early meeting, we had a week or two, a week or two weeks after it all had happened. Gunn goes on to reiterate that he blames himself and no one else for his firing, despite the fact that he made those jokes. However, many years in the past, they were still things that he had to put in that had to be put into the world. I feel I I feel and have felt bad for a while about some of the ways I spoke publicly, some of the jokes I made, some of the targets of my humor. Just the unintentional consequences of not being more compassionate in what I'm putting out there, he said. Gunn seems to have spent his time in Disney in limbo, doing quite a bit of self-reflection, reckoning with his anger at himself, and distancing himself from negativity on social media. Most importantly, Gunn views the situation for what it truly was, an opportunity to learn and grow from his mistakes. There's a lot of really positive stuff that's coming out of all this, and one of those positives is I was able to learn. People have to be able to learn from mistakes. If we take away the possibility for someone to learn and become a better person, I'm not sure what we're left with. I've learned all kinds of things about myself in this process. So, yeah, uh, James Gunn, I, I, he's being a consummate professional about this whole thing. And, you know, I don't, I can't think of very many people who have had such a public um, mishap. In yeah. Hollywood and have handled it this well. I know. I, I'm thoroughly impressed. And we, and we have followed every bit of this story except the actual firing. Yeah. Well, that happened show. before the show even yeah. existed. Yeah. But we, we followed like whenever Warner Brothers picked him up for Suicide Squad. Whenever yeah. Rumors he, about who would replace exactly, him. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. To, to add the, the big story a couple weeks ago about what, what, a month ago? About, yeah. Whenever we found out that that they actually rehired him and how unprecedented that was. And throughout the entire process, just the way he's handled things, the way he sort of stepped down from the, the social media and the, the, the public, you know, uh, you know, this was a very, a very private thing between him and Disney. And he chose to keep it that way besides just like, yeah, I got fired. Yeah, well, plus he had the backing of like the entirety Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy ensemble, like right behind him. And and so he had his his backing. He knew in in his heart, I think that yeah, this is a bad beat, but I got my family behind me. People that I befriended best while I was at Disney are still here with me. Yeah, 
So yeah, well, Dave Batista was raising all kinds of. Hell. I know, and, and everybody really. Yeah, and so. Just I think a lot really of it has to, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he recognized he was in the wrong. Like he didn't do. He, he didn't pull a Kevin Hart, where like Kevin Hart was like, "Oh, it was so many years ago. You just want to. You just want to complain about something. This is cancel culture. This is call out culture. Blah 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 blah." James Gunn went, yep. "Yep, shouldn't have said that." I was really fucked up. I am really sorry. And you have every right to handle this how you feel is appropriate. My bad. Yeah. And the whole, and granted, the whole situation came out of like a political argument he got into. And like, it was basically a, like a, you know, kind of an underhanded hit job. Yeah, all those tweets came back. But like, again, that was the thing was like, he took that hit that like, yes, in some way he did have to answer for like, really just. There's no reason up, for it. Like, yeah. you're not a comedian. You're not, you know, and even then, like most comedians who their they only bit. Like pedophilia. And, it, and if they're the only, part, yeah. Then if their only bit is like edgy shock jock stuff, they're not that good. Yeah. And he, was he again, looked that in the eye and everything. So the fact that like this reckoning came from a malicious place from an adversary mm-hmm. And he still looked it in the eye and handled it like a professional. Like, hats off to James Gunn. Like, you go, bro. You go, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And we're really glad that he's back on the project. I can't think of anybody more equipped to handle the Guardians. I mean, honestly, uh, the Guardians is is his Disney Marvel love child. Yeah. Like, he he brought it to life. He nursed it into into its fame and its glory. And I'm really pleased to move forward with that. And now we can talk about the Far From Home poster uh, that was released this week. Um, it's kind of ugly. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of, uh, what was that movie that, that Scarlett Johansson was in a couple years ago? Lucy? No. She wore like this white suit. Oh, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, it reminds me of like the Ghost in the Shell movie covers and stuff with the big triangle. You want to watch your foot? You like oh, sent a shockwave through yeah. the table. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that, friends. I can't tell what I'm kicking. Let me see if. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just about. want to make sure I'm not cray cray. Was there was a poster similar? Yeah, to that? I see. Okay, okay. I see. There's a tiny yeah. little triangle. In the, in the Ghost in the Shell, it's not as big as I was remembering, but there is a triangle. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there's also versions of this. Like, there's one that's like just Peter, one that's just Nick Fury, yeah. one that's just Mysterio. Um, I mean, but, I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> it's kind I'm of not bland. thrilled. I saw people online talking about like, oh, like there's another ugly Spider-Man poster. I didn't mind the Spider-Man poster for Homecoming. No, neither did I. Like, I it really was, liked the one with him like colorful, laying with like him like laying down with the wearing yellow the, the jacket with the, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, with the Avengers Tower in the was, background, I liked it. It was it was simple. Level. I like this. This one's a little bit too bare bones, though. Like I feel like there's almost nothing going on in yeah, this give, poster. Give something else. I mean, it isn't uh, like the, the the Dark Phoenix poster we were ripping on last week. But oh no, us, that's just the same Disney poster. Give us, give us a little something there. <laughs> As I say, we can pause if you need no, to take that. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can call Uncle Steve back. He's probably just wishing me a happy birthday. But yeah, I mean, it's it's and all right. I hit my elbow off this chair while I was reaching <laughs> oh, for the bone. Like God, just right, amputate it. Just right amputate that between arm. Between the bones. <sighs> amputate it. You don't need that arm anymore. You don't need that arm pinky. anymore. Ah! 
Uh, like and subscribe for me to get an amputation. <laughs> like and subscribe for me to get like, an amputation. Like and subscribe. If we get, if we get over 500 listeners on this episode, I will, I will amputate my right arm at the elbow. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I gotta be honest. I really prefer those other tr- posters we got, where it was like him and like the different locations. Like the, uh, um, was it in, like hanging upside down reading the magazine? Wasn't that the one you yeah. really liked? Yeah, well, there were three. There was like yeah. one upside down in the magazine, one, one, the, the one did, and, yeah. and then one in Venice. Yeah, yeah, those were really dope. I, I really like those ones. This is they really invoked the whole like uh, world traversing kind of feeling of the movie. Okay, here's another thing. This poster says coming soon. I'm pretty sure we all know the exact date that this movie. We do. I think it's just yeah. Just being lazy, or is this some sort of a marketing tactic? I think that's just supposed to be like the we're just going to throw this in theaters and you know let you Google it if you care. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's the Spider-Man poster. It's um, I don't think we actually yeah like a it's. A triangle. <laughs> Basically, that's it. With, it's uh, with Spider-Man standing in the middle of it unmasked. Um, to the left is Nick Fury. To the right is Mysterio. And then the names of the actors up top. Pretty standard. With, uh, you know, the locations behind them of the movie. Yeah, it looks like Venice on the right, London on the left. Yeah. And for some reason, Germany has been excluded. Yeah. Or just... Unfair. Or just Peter Fury <laughs> and uh, Quentin Beck's shoulders are all uh, okay, covering. Okay, okay. So, okay, I like that. So in the middle of the picture. In the dead in, center. In the dead center. The most important part. There's Germany. In we don't the deserve to get to look at Germany. And they, and they are just like, no, it's too beautiful. We can't. We can't let you see it. We're gonna. We're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So together. like Fury, Peter, and Quentin Beck are all <laughs> just, just like turtled up. <laughs> That's what we like to think. Uh yeah so um okay which of the two would you rather do because I'm gonna give you dibs on the on the next two which one do you want to do? I'll talk about our pad. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Take, take it away. So so this week this week it's not like official official because Warner quite. Brothers has not confirmed anything yet. But not. But everybody is fucking reporting. Right. That as of this last week, what was it like the day after we recorded? Yep, this always happens. Yeah, we knew, maybe we should start recording on like Saturday because apparently everybody drops their news at four o'clock on Wednesday. Well, no, all the Vanity which is Fair right after we've always recorded all the Rise of Skywalker Vanity Fair stuff. Day after we recorded, do back. Mm-hmm. Like day day after. Then it's like mm-hmm. here, here's Ray and Kylo, here's Ray and Kylo Ren on the covers. Here's Ray and Kylo Ren dueling. Here's uh, everybody in the fucking movie and the behind the scenes reel. Really kidding me? Oh, I mean, and then something about Old Republic broke today too. Like, like what? That's not, we don't talk about that stuff on this show. Oh, you, okay. I'm sorry. I forget what show we're on. You see, what I have you on do back, this is, but this is why we get so like tangential. When we're recording right next to each other, because when I can see Jared across the table and he says, like, dude, you'll never guess what just dropped. I'm like, well, tell me. Come on. <laughs> I also Get thought on you would have seen it by now. No. Nah. Um, but uh, I'm just going to read directly from this article because I'm very excited by it. And it is Jeff the Insnider Snyder uh, repping 
My third favorite team in the Schmodown teams. Shout out to the odd couple. Uh, we have the Batman, Robert Pattinson, to play the Caped Crusader for Matt Reeves. Robert Pattinson is poised to star in Matt Reeves' The Batman, according to Variety's Justin Kroll, who broke the news. A representative for Warner Brothers did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Reeves is directing The Batman from his own screenplay and will also produce alongside Dylan Clark. Production is stated to start in the fall and Warner Brothers will release the film on June 25th, 2021. Mm-hmm. So... We're getting within yeah, we, range of like are, we yeah. of actual news. Like it, it starts this summer. They the, need to the start it. Actual yeah. production news will be in a month or, or, or five. Yeah, and then we'll get the post production goodness. I mean, hell, they didn't even confirm that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be in Spider Man no. Homecoming. Like even after yeah. set pictures leaked out, people were like, "Hey, are He's you playing Mysterio?" <laughs> and Jake Gyllenhaal went, "No," yeah. <laughs> just bold face lied. So, um, don't be surprised if people start denying this. Collider has heard that Reeves was seeking an actor between 25 and 33 years old, and Pattinson is 33. He was among the early frontrunner favorite, the early favorites rumored to be taking over the role of the Cape Crusader from Ben Affleck. But I truly struggled to picture Pattinson in the Cape and Cowl, and question whether Pattinson would even want to tackle such an iconic character. The former Twilight star has been doing great work in the indie sphere for the past several years, though he. Signal. I couldn't even read for a second there. <laughs> They're signaling an intention to shift to more commercial fare by signing in to Christopher Nolan's next movie, which will pair him with John David Washington and Elizabeth Debicki. That film will hit theaters July 17th, 2020, with production expected to start this summer just as The Batman starts pre-production. While several trade publications have cautioned that Pattinson doesn't have the role yet, insisting that Nicholas Holt, okay, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Okay. We'll yeah. get to we'll talk about we'll what talk, we thought we'll, about, we'll yeah. And Army Hammer remain in the mix. Collider sources say Pattinson has won the role, and the other three are simply frontrunners to step in for Pattinson in the event he's unable to strike a multi-picture deal with Warner Brothers. Remember that Reeves is planning a trilogy, so the Batman isn't expected to be a one-off like the Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix. I almost unironically said Joaquin. Joaquin. <laughs> I, 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 I ironically call him Joaquin Phoenix. But unironically. I almost pulled a Ron Burgundy and just read through. Um, <laughs> Pattinson most recently starred in uh, Claire Dane sci-fi Mindfuck High Life. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, it's Jeff Snyder. so <laughs> High Life, and he set the star in The Lighthouse, a black and white horror drama from the witch filmmaker Robert Eggers. I actually would like to see that. That will debut at Cannes. He'll also soon be in uh, Suero Guerrero's drama, Waiting for the Barbarians with Johnny Depp and David Mycod's historical epic, The King, with Timothy Chalamet and Anto- Antonio Capo's starry Netflix, thr- Netflix thriller, The Devil All the Time. Panson is represented by WME, Curtis Brown Group, and Three Arts Entertainment. Wow. Okay. I'll let you so, talk first because I have a lot um, of thoughts. I have only a as couple the resident thoughts. like Batman stand. The f- the first <laughs> the first thought is I look around the room where we are now and see like four different posters of Robert Pattinson that have <laughs> peeked behind the curtain that for that the have, folks at home. Been there for my entire childhood down here, 
Mostly because Nana's obsession. With okay, Robin well, okay. Pattinson. Well, before you mischaracterize Nana, okay. that's unfair. <laughs> that is really unfair. <laughs> and that, that's like that's become a tradition, though. Like anytime someone's over here, is I have to stop them before they go into the laundry okay, okay, room. Hold on. and I got to warn you about Twilight. Um, no, yeah. Whenever Twilight became a thing, apologies totally for the ear okay, rape. Okay, um, listen. I have long legs and I can't. He is just out. completely manspread the table. He is like straddling the table. Feet as far away from the legs of this table as possible so that it doesn't happen again. I'm really sorry, everybody. <laughs> anyway. Um, but she, uh, whenever Twilight came out, uh, my grandmother thought Robert Pattinson was like the most gorgeous man on the earth. <laughs> and then my family being full of just shit-eating assholes we all got her like an absurd amount of robert pattinson posters including just a really big tarp of <laughs> edward cullen i'm trying to find it it's on the wall it yeah, behind it's, the, the, yeah i can see yeah. him where i am i can see he's watching us it's the batman uh, um so yeah nana nana was really happy to hear about this she she, was, yeah, yes. she was like, "Oh, we're, she's like, I'll pay for tickets. Let's go." But something else, um, while we're thinking about my thoughts here for a second, I noticed that um, there's this theme of bats with his, yeah, with his role that, um, with vampires and with the Batman. I saw <laughs> I saw this meme. I think it was on Twitter today, where it was like, "Oh, who wants to? <laughs> who wants a some guy who?" became famous for playing a um edgy edgy man child who spent most of his 20s pretending to be a vampire as batman and then the comment under it was like well i have some bad news for you about the character of batman yeah. <laughs> not so much pattinson but just batman yeah batman so my other thoughts so was like okay so first of all um, Robert Pattinson is sitting right at the teetering edge of, of the, the age range yeah. that Reeves was looking for. And so, I don't know, um, Affleck was right up there, too. He was, he's one of the older Batman that yeah. have played in recent years. Well, because they were going for that whole Dark Knight Returns yeah, kind of so, age range. But, um, so now that, I don't know, I'm just curious because I've never seen, I don't have much respect for the Twilight movies, I'm going to be honest. Um, and I, mean, never, I like the vampire and vampire violence, but that's where but I pretty much I, check out. I know, and and I've never seen Robert Pattinson in anything more legitimate than the Twilight, Twilight yeah. trilogy. <laughs> and so, I mean, my skepticism comes with a grain of salt, and that I've just not been exposed. And Jared and I were talking off the air before we started recording, just like how we've got to sit down and watch some of the, the more recent stuff that he's been in that's been yeah that like high life that they were of, talking about of, i couldn't remember the name of, of it. great reviews yeah. um what the heck you talking about the king the king and high life were the right. ones that everybody was saying like if you don't understand why this is a good idea watch, watch those too yeah okay we'll have to have a movie night absolutely oh that and uh into the spider verse is coming to netflix is it real? Yeah. Thank oh, the Lord. Dude, you're going to love I it. You're going to love wait. it. It's so I just, good. I just need to make sure I watch it before they take it off Netflix and put it on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. <laughs> they might not be able to. What? Sony. That might be a weird Oh, you're right. Sony okay, thing. okay, okay. You're right. But in any case, um, my only other thing... I think... Going through some of the other options. Yeah, okay. Going through some of the other options... 
Because the, the other three yeah. noted in the article were Nicholas Hold, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Army Hammer. Uh, Jared and I have discussed on air previously how we think Army Hammer would be a really excellent choice. This is he got robbed with Justice League. He Mortal. did. He did yeah. get robbed, and and there were those rumors floating around a while back, a couple months ago, that that yeah. he was in fun, like he was in the talks, and apparently he was in the talks. Yeah, he was in the conversation. It, it again. didn't go anywhere, so he's a he's a backup for now. I wouldn't Nicholas, be opposed to him replacing uh, Henry Cavill. Who, Army Hammer? Yeah, as if Cavill's out, I think he could do either one of them. I've just, I stuck... Um, Cavill auditioned for Batman for the Nolan trilogy. Like, the amount of people who have, like, tried to do... Okay, Batman so became yeah. Superman, Superman became it's, Batman. It's kind of like uh, Tom Hiddleston auditioning for Thor. Thor, yeah. <laughs> Which is the most you, uncomfortable if, thing yeah. is to look at Tom Hiddleston when he was yeah, fucking Jack. If, 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 you, if you haven't seen the audition <laughs> video with Tom Hiddleston's skinny-ass self with a blonde hair and fake beard... Check it out. Do, your, do yourself a favor. Have a nice laugh. Yeah. Maybe cringe a it's little bit. It's uncomfortable. But anywho. Much better suited for Loki. Army Hammer obviously would be an excellent choice if Pattinson can't turn out. Yeah. Um, he's, he's my go-to. Like, I like the idea of Pattinson. I'm going to hitch my wagon to Pattinson. If that falls through... Army Hammer all the way. Army Hammer already got fucked by Warner Brothers. Give him the Give damn chance. Okay. <laughs> now, Nicholas Holt, I'm really not sold on him. Um... He seems... I've seen a lot of people say Riddler for him. I would be really okay with Riddler, but not Batman. Um, the question of, like, physical stature aside, like, he's a tall dude, and I'm sure he could fit yeah. the part if, if he got on a... Warner Brothers is going to beef anybody. Warner, anybody who they're going to give this role <laughs> yeah. to, they're locking in a gym and even right. letting them only eat raw egg for, like, eight months. I just, like, I just... Move. <laughs> with Nicholas Holt, I'm, I, I don't buy it. Whenever I look at him, I don't, I don't think... Now here's a man that will get the job done. Yeah, we all, there like also needs to be like the Bruce Wayne week. swagger. You know, yeah, there has yeah, to be like that. Yeah, you also have to have the swagger. swagger. I see Nicholas Holt. I can't stop thinking about the dorky, you know, social ostracized, blue hairy man from the horrible X Men movies. Yeah. Well, first, first class, class is good. Pretty good. First class but, is really good. The, uh, Days of Future Past exists. I mean, the only thing that Days of Future Past did for anybody was. At least try to make us forget the last stand ever happened. <laughs> and that then was... Dark Phoenix was like, let's do it again. I know. What the hell? <laughs> we can't, even when there's no Dark Phoenix news, we can't go anyway. a week without shitting on that poor I, movie. I know. I know. <laughs> but it keeps popping it's up on Instagram feed. It's just pot shots of Dark Phoenix. forget about it. Anyway, the third choice. I have... How did we put it before? You see, we should have started rolling before. We for, should have. For Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I was telling Jared early before he started rolling, just throwing out some raw ideas before the show. For Aaron Taylor Johnson, who, if you don't remember who he is, uh, he was Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. And for the historical um, movie fans out there, um, The Outlaw King, which was a Netflix original about Robert the Bruce and Scottish War for Independence, he was um, the Black Douglas. Um, first of all, I am a historian by trade, and I love me. Jesus, good, that was that bad. Loud? Listen, guys, that was really bad. Scoop away. <laughs> you okay, did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get quiet here. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll get closer, dumbasses. Well, Watch where your feet I, are. I'm, 
Okay, you can sit near near the mic without curb stomping the table. I'm trying, all right? What do you want me to do? Okay, you sound like you're in the other room now. Well, would you rather me sound like I'm in the other room, or would you rather me sound like I'm kicking the microphone? <laughs> Just keep your feet right there. I can't. Okay, I we're getting a different out. table next time. <laughs> what about that one? It'll be a lot shorter, but at least I won't kick it. I don't think that'll work. We, we can take a stab at it, but I don't think the short one's going to work. Here's what we could do. We could forego chairs, sit on the floor, or in that tiny little chair right there. You see that? Things like Yeah, because that's going to hold my ass up. It'll hold my <laughs> ass yeah, Okay, you can sit on the floor. I'll sit in the tiny chair. Anyway, I promise you I'm not trying to kill your ears today, friends. Anyway, back to Aaron Taylor-Johnson. I think I think this is how I said it. I don't have a crush on Aaron Taylor Johnson so much as I have a crush on the idea of Aaron Taylor Johnson because <laughs> because his I, I absolutely adored his he's, performance in in Outlaw King. He's a handsome son of a gun. He's a too. handsome son of a gun, especially if they decide to go with like the five o'clock shadow version of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I think he's he looks so much better with something on his face. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna get. I think with Pattinson, it's probably gonna be like a scruffy Bruce. A little scruff. yeah. Because Pattinson honestly looks a little bit young. Here's the, this picture right here at the top of Collider. That's almost perfect. It's just got like a little bit of yeah. a little bit of stubble. Very nice. Grows hair out a little bit. Great chin Just line, a little bit. Slight butt chin. Not as much as Affleck. Well, you need you do you do need a bat you chin. Need, you need some bat. You chin need bat there. chin. You need bat grin. You need Bruce Wayne sweat. Bat sweat-chin. chin and bat grin. Yeah, the bat grin. Nice. You need the bat chin. You need the bat grin. <laughs> The Bruce Wayne swagger, and then you have to be built like a brick shit house, right? And like, no matter who they cast, the brick shit house is going to happen. Like, you know, but, like I said, they're going to lock him in a gym for eight months and feed him nothing but raw egg. Type in bat grin and see bat, how many. The, I'm, I'm doing it. Here we go, friends. <laughs> Let's see what we come up with. Bat grin. It's a thing. It's a term. It's a thing. Yeah. What this right here? Let's look at this. Ready. The bat grin. Who got the best bat grin? Uh, hmm. Christian Bale, Affleck, George Clooney, Michael Keaton. I don't know. I'm biased because Affleck's looks exactly like the animated series one. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, all right, yeah, I'll give it to I'll give it to Affleck. The bat grin goes to Affleck. I gotta say, it looks but, best though when he's in the cowl, because then like, it's like a shit eating yeah. grin, and then it's him just being like, "Oh hey, look, world's greatest detective, suck it." Yeah, you remember when you said to me um, that as a final test for casting the Superman characters in 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 the modern movies, they have them put on the original the Christopher Reeve Christopher suit. Reeve suit. I bet you ten bucks that the grin is part of the audition. Yeah, like, like, give me your best. Or they like, or they just they make them say "I'm Batman" and see if they can say it without chuckling. Uh, <laughs> I'm ba- <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't. Sorry, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> but anyway, look up Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's a handsome son of a gun. Looks great in in facial hair, but his performance in Outlaw King as as the Black Douglas, his his character's story in. Now, Law King is really interesting. He's like the heir to um, a Scottish noble house that his land and title was confiscated by Longshanks, the King of England. And his whole story arc is like fighting 
So to take right it back, back to Epic Rap Battles. You said it, and my mind went immediately to Epic Long Rap Shanks. Battles. Why? Because... Uh, is it your favorite line in the George Washington oh, the beef, battle? The beef Franks? <laughs> no, the, you know, the line in with uh, George Washington versus George Wallace. It's like, you hot dogged and he cut off your beef Franks. How'd you get beat by a dude named Longshanks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how'd, you get, how'd you get beat by a dude named Longshanks? You hot dogged and he cut off your beef Franks! <laughs> Look out for your job, nice Peter. Yeah, sorry. Oh, look at that. Well, dang. Okay, here's a nice pick right there. Yeah, no, I could totally see him as he's, Bruce Wayne. He's got. He's he got. Could do it. He could. He could pull off a background. I can see Aaron with a background. But anyway, but what we were saying, he's got a, the Black Douglas has a really interesting character. But anyway, as we were talking about Riffin before the show, we think that Aaron Taylor Johnson would make. A good choice for Batman, but we think he would make a stellar choice to play Oliver Queen. Yeah. If they do a live-action Green Arrow, because Arrow's ending after this next season, or this season, I can't remember, but Arrow's ending, and DC and Warner Brothers have been had like really cold feet with having like characters appear on both TV and movie. Right. Flash is like the only exception I can think of. Um, I mean, granted, there's... DC universe with Titans, but I don't think that really counts. Not especially. Because it, it's geared for people who understand it's different. I think if they want to pull the trigger on having Oliver Queen show up in either his own movie or show up in someone else's movie, I think Aaron Taylor Johnson would make a good choice for Green Arrow. I agree. He's got he's got the goatee for it. Yeah. I'll I can see that. him in the Check that out. Oh yeah! If that doesn't scream Oliver Queen, I don't know what does. But yeah. he's got that stealthy. He's got the Batman attitude in that, like he's kind of got a darker, yeah, you know, f- crime fighting style. But he's still got like a lovable billionaire, yeah. more of a playboy than Bruce Wayne, sort of yeah. a swagger to him. Well, that's the thing. It's like Bruce is supposed to be like, like the Bruce Wayne, like the the front that he puts on for the public is. You know, I'm I'm an asshole, but I'm so smooth you can't not like me. Right. Where like right. Oliver Queen is just a fucking goofball. Like he's like you, you can't he's so goofy you can't take him seriously and you love him because he's such a goof. So I think putting Aaron Taylor Johnson in that role would suit him really well. And I really want to see Robert Pattinson, kind of the way Christian Bale plays Bruce in, in uh, Batman Begins, in the way that it's gotcha, like you yeah. know I own the restaurant, you know, like you know, yeah, it's like, like yeah, I'm buying this hotel so I can swim in the decorative pool. Exactly, that kind yeah, of an attitude. It's like, like he's so like you want to hit him, but he's so smooth you can't not love it. You know? I know it's terrible. But last article for today. Any, any last thoughts, closing thoughts about the casting I'm, stuff? I'm really excited about Robert Pattinson. I really want to give it a shot. I think anyone who's shooting him out of the sky on the back of Twilight alone needs to, like, you, take it you know, easy. take it easy, watch some of his newer stuff. Be enlightened, maybe. Give him a chance. Everybody said Christian Bale was a terrible idea. Everybody said Heath happened. Ledger. Everyone said <laughs> Heath Ledger was a horrible idea. Everyone Led- said Ben Affleck was a bad idea. And aside from, like, not stellar writing... He played a Dark Knight Returns Batman incredibly well. Incredibly. Let's give him a chance, friends. Just give me, don't, we've learned that you don't have to do an all black suit. So for fuck's sake, give him a gray suit. 
Like that's my that's only fine. thing. It's fine. It's like fine. I don't I'm going to I'm going to cry if they go back to these ugly black on black on black suits. Stop Throw it. some gray in there. Throw some gray in there. Be- Christian Bale's Batman Begins suit would be my favorite suit if that thing was gray. It had my favorite version of the symbol. If it had gray armor, done. A nice like bronzy belt. It wasn't it wasn't a flashy yellow. It was like a, a stylish bronze. Yeah. It's a nice aesthetic. I dig it. <clears throat> also tied into the Batman. Also tied into the Batman, uh, we got news this week of some potential villains for uh, the upcoming Batman movie. This is also in from the Collider uh, by Jeff the In Schneider. Did I say that right? Jeff the In Snyder. Snyder. Schneider. Okay, Jeff the Snyder, In- not Schneider. Snyder. Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff the In Snyder. It's like when you went out of your way to like sauce up as much German in the MCU yes, recap yes, as you come. You were like Johann Schmidt. Johann Schmidt. Oh, Leipzig. What was it? Oh, um, when you like. Pronounced every single word in Wolfgang von Strucker. Wolfgang von Strucker. <laughs> You're such an ass for giving me all like the, the impossible for the dark world names. You gave me Black Panther too, so I had to deal with all these like African. Oh, goodness gracious! I'm not cut off. This is this. not as bad as me not knowing how to say fucking Bifrost. <laughs> I'm still so angry we lost all of the meat attempting Bifrost. Bifrost. We should have kept all of the gag rails. We only came away with one half The one of you pimp-slapping my microphone. So, yeah, if you haven't already found that at the end of the MCU recap... Very, very... Go back. It's after holding out for a hero. I think this is the second shout-out we've made to it on the show, but it's worth it. Just just do it. Anyway. It's because you um, narrate it. I know. You're like every oh, and I hit oh, and it's fallen oh. There goes oh, the laptop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of mispronouncing things, I looked it up earlier, but I'm still I um I I'm gonna need help when the time comes. Okay. But anyway, this coming in from Collider <clears throat> with Jeff the In Snyder Snyder quote. Now that Matt Reeves has found his Bruce Wayne in Robert Pattinson, done deal or not. The writer-director has turned his attention to the Batman's rogues gallery uh, of villains, which will include which will include the Penguin and Catwoman, according to Hollywood Reporter's Heat Vision newsletter. The Penguin and Catwoman are pre- previously featured in Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Yuck. Yuck is right. <laughs> where they were played by Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer, respectively. That's um, Michelle Pfeiffer as um, the Penguin and Danny DeVito as Catwoman. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly, that might even be better. I'd rather see Danny DeVito in as the Catwoman cat suit, suit than I would ever want to see him as Cobblepot ever again. Here, here. Anyway, two decades that later, that scene where the penguins like funeral procession him, his body into the water. I was just talking to this, talking about this to somebody off the air. That scene fucked with me as a kid. Like, that traumatized (laughs) me. I didn't have the gumption in me to go back and rewatch that movie until our senior year. Uh, Because it was on TV, and I was like, Jared. suck it up. You're you're 19. It It is time for you to watch Batman Returns again. (laughs) Just do it. You can do it. In any case, two decades later, Anne Hathaway played Catwoman in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Rises. Good performance. Um, 
although the character was never referred to as Catwoman, but only the cat or her real name, Selina Kyle. Again, as Jared said, very laudable performance, very laudable writing. Smoking hot suit. Anyway, as for the Penguin, otherwise known as Oswald Cobblepot, the character was played by Burgess Meredith. In the original ABC television series, as well as the 1966 spinoff, where Robin Lord Taylor played embodied the character on Fox's Gotham TV show. Uh, the article goes on uh, mostly just riffing about the ideas thrown around, uh, but down here about some, some potential casting. Uh, down here later in the article, it says, Josh Gad has not been shy on social media about lobbying to play the Penguin. Oh, please, God, give me Josh Gad as Oswald Cobblepot. Oh, I'm going to die if that happens. And uh, Jeff Snyder says, I think he would make an excellent choice, though I would say the same about Jonah Hill and even Melissa McCarthy. So in the article here, um, Jeff Snyder throws around the idea of of maybe doing a gender, gender, bend. gender bend for some of these characters. Uh, like the Riddler, he mentioned specifically he would enjoy seeing uh, a female Riddler in this movie. That'd be interesting. I wouldn't be it's opposed a nice to spin. that. And I've, I, Melissa I, McCarthy as the Penguin is like a really cool like left field concept, casting. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that, but like I've become so married to the fan art of Josh Gad as Penguin that like yeah, and I know how badly he wants that role. There's no one, there's no one in Hollywood who's like sign me up for the fucking for the, Penguin. For the Penguin except Josh Gad. <laughs> sign me up for Cobblepot. That's a you know potential I, career ender. So if you're if you're lining as long up, as to, he doesn't do it like Danny DeVito. He'll be fine. If you're lining up to to play that role, then first of all. You've got you've got balls. I'll give you that. Second of all, just go, kill just the children of Gotham City. <laughs> just give it to him. I mean, somebody who's itching to play it that well has obviously put some time into it. Yeah, just throw him a bone. Nobody else is going to be asking for that bone. Just let him have it. Yeah, no, no. But I, if it doesn't go to him, and they do want to do like the female gender bend thing, I Melissa McCarthy. Melissa, that's a really cool choice. idea. I'd yeah. like that. I'm, I can get jiggy with it. Um, but regarding Catwoman, it says in the article, it's anyone's guess, but you can imagine what somebody would like, like uh, Saoirse Ronan. Did I say that right? Saoirse Ronan? Yeah. Saoirse Ronan? Saoirse. I'm pretty sure it's Saoirse. I watched like three videos, how to pronounce that name. It is? I've heard Saoirse, Saoirse, Saoirse before. Saoirse. I think you either way. But... Let's, let's find that very same video. Saoirse Ronan pronunciation. Boom. Sersha. <laughs> Dye your hair darker, obviously. But... Boom. Anyway, Spencer was right. Write it down. I, you can imagine what someone like Sersha Ronan could do in that role. Um, she earned three Oscar nominations before her 25th birthday. Stop taking a video of me. What I, are wasn't, you doing? I wasn't. I wasn't. I was responding you, to a Snapchat. Why are you taking selfies in the middle of the show? Come on, have some respect for yourself. Oh my god, you should see the shit TJ does on the show. <laughs> I see him actively like... <laughs> retweeting Ben Shapiro during the show. Okay, okay. That's not, that's not ever happened. I was being hyper-specific and hyperbolic. But anyway, Warner Brothers will release the Batman on June 25th of 2021, as we said. So stay tuned for more casting news because production starts in the fall. And like we said earlier in the show, once production starts, they'll really start um, cranking out the news about the movie. Or everybody will lie like Jake Gyllenhaal. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. Yeah. So, okay. I like Sersha, Sersha, whatever. I like the idea of her as Catwoman. 
She's I'm, Irish. She's I, Irish. I like Irish people. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll throw you that bone. Um, a lot of that going around. Um, okay, so I'm down for that with Catwoman. I like Josh Gad for uh, Penguin. Is there anybody else that you're kind of like Jerry, fixing to see? Stop it. Let me stop you right there because that is the sort of question that invokes a fan casting response for me, and you know how I feel about fan casting. So take that question, take it back, think about it, and then try again. Okay. We know we're not getting through this trilogy without the Joker. True. Smart for them to not play that card in the first go. Much like Nolan. I, I think if, you, if you're if you doing a trilogy, build the Joker. Like, let Joker be there in the background, crescendo with Joker. Small hints here and there. Even, even let him cameo. Even let him be, like, running shit behind the scenes. Willem Dafoe is Joker. Oh my goodness. Willem Dafoe... I could see it. He has the fa- like that expressive face. I could see he does have an incredibly animated face, doesn't he? Yeah. The, Imagine like with like the, with, like, the bleached really face, terrifying with, like, the smile. Oh man. The laugh, the voice. I could get behind Defoe. That's assuming they don't use Joaquin. As you said, I don't think they will. I think they're going to keep that as its own self-contained thing. But I wouldn't be opposed to them bring like canonizing him into the whatever the fuck this universe is. Yeah, I just, like I, I I'm really excited to see what he does with the Joker movie. And depending on how he does there, I'd be either skeptical. He's going to crush it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I did, but to what I'd degree? like to, I'd yeah. like to see how how exactly yeah. he does before I give him my full stamp. Of approval to boot to appear in the the Batman trilogy, starring probably Pattinson, but I could I could see Defoe very easily. I could see Defoe that or like I know he already played Riddler in Batman Forever, but like I'd love to see Jim Carrey get a shot at Joker. Uh, He would kill it as the Joker. Ew. No, give me Jim. Like maybe, I, maybe he's a little too old for it now. Uh-huh. But like, I loved. I would love to see him take a swing at that. I respectfully disagree. There's gonna be a lot of that in a minute here. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I, I like the idea of. Uh, I mean, granted, it's weird. Like the same exact pairing as Batman Forever. The fact that it's Batman or uh, Catwoman and Penguin. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't mind if, you know, and I said this before, uh, I, before we even had a show, but I talked about it like in high school, like the kind of blueprint that um, Winter Soldier and Civil War had were like start with a low threat villain to just kind of like let the fans be like, oh, hey, we got yeah. to see them like they did with Bartok the Leaper and Crossbones. I would I would not be opposed to them like offhandedly being like oh by the way he's out there here's fucking firefly you know here's clayface kite man kite, well i want kite man in the suicide squad at this point <laughs> <laughs> the ventriloquist yeah but like someone he can throw down with you know Mad like Hatter? that's what i'm saying like like clayface or um, firefly would be good yeah it's like a very big as a beginning of the movie like oh shit and we can see how this Batman nice appetizer. Yeah. To whet your appetite for 
And like honestly, I think and again, this is an this is an advantage that Matt Reeves has going into the Batman is how culturally aware of the entire rogues gallery most people are. Oh yeah. So he can very easily do a movie where if like the penguins involved, if you just want to pull the trigger on all of the organized crime in Gotham. Don't let this be an origin story. Let it be early in his career. Like do like a Batman year one kind of thing. But have him like, okay, um, Penguin's acting a fool. Two-Face is acting a fool. Falcone's acting a fool. Have all of like the organized crime in Gotham kind of all converging on one point. Mm -hmm. Some of the best Batman stories that are truly him being a crime fighter is him one by one by one shutting down all the organized crime in Mm -hmm. Gotham. We got a little bit of that in The Dark Knight. Just a tiny bit, though. You know, because like most of it's focused, again, because it's Nolan on more of like the high-minded ideals of justice and chaos. And, you know, it's my kind of big complaint is, yes, I love when Batman stories are about the extended metaphor of these characters. But a lot of the Dark Knight movies were just extended metaphor of the characters. Where like, I I like the actual, actually watching Batman stop these criminals. So I would kind of like that if they want to throw Two-Face in there and... You know, I feel like people you have to do as much different as you can. So I feel like if you just jump into Harvey Dent already having his fall from grace, you know, have a moment where Bruce offhandedly is opining on how much he misses Harvey. But other than that, just keep moving. It's like let Harvey be doing what he does and Oswald do what he does and Falcone, Maroney, throw them all in there. I think that would be a really cool movie of just like have Zaz work. Zaz is a preview. Have Zaz be one of like the hitmen working for the mob, you know? And they've done that before. You could do a lot with that. You could do a lot with the idea of like Batman. Like this is like the biggest thing he's ever done Mm. is having to like throw down with each individual crime family while there's just about to be a massive gang war in the heart of Gotham. That's exciting. I'd like. I'd love to see that, honestly. Plus, that way you can also get into the weeds of, like, you know, him dealing with the trauma of the death of his family. Because, we don't need to see it again. I mean... But we, we can see the, the... In, like, flashes. In, like, snippets. Yeah, I don't need, like, an extended scene, like, um, like Batman 89 or Batman v Superman did with, like, slow motion, pull the gun out of my pocket. Pearls. Boom. And the... Like, have a a shot be, like, like silhouette, thug, gun, pearls, Pearls. dead, kid, crying. Ah, bats. Done. Done. (laughs) That's it. That's all we need. If you're coming into this theater, you know who Batman is. Exactly. You can have a moment where, like, maybe he confronts Joe Chill. Maybe he... Maybe, like, there's a scene where he's like, what Joe Chill's even alive? What the hell? And he has to have a moment where he has to make the decision. Am I gonna beat you into a bloody pulp? Because I know I want to, or am I exceeding my mandate? A mandate I've given myself in the first place. Yeah. So you can do a lot with a story like that and the way he handles crime fighting. Very exciting. Very excited. Very crime very exciting. fighting. And like actual detective work for I, us. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to see. I'd like to see that. We got a little, just just like a tiny little taste of it. We get a tiny taste in, of it in, like, in the Dark Knight, like with the uh, what the heck he's, 
What the heck? Are you gonna you gonna take ballistics on a shattered bullet? No, I'm gonna take fingerprints. And he like you know carves yeah. a little brick out of the wall and then loads like six different kinds of ballistic round into a machine gun and fires at the yeah. bricks to figure out what kind of you know that's the kind of detective work I like to see. But we only get a tiny well, little that, piece of and it. like we see Affleck like you know tracing the white Portuguese. Right, um, right, and you yeah. know, like Michael Keaton, I feel like is the one who's like done the most detective work. Let's see more. And, of but, it. and I want to see something akin to like the Christian Bale, like out of left field. Like, no, I'm gonna just take this fucking brick. See you later. Yeah. You know, pulls out a, a, a question mark from his belt. Like, what the heck is that thing? Shing. Yeah, carves a little chunk out. Walks away. Anyway. Only villain. I was just thinking about this. I, I don't think I could ever see anybody play Rachel Ghoul other than Liam Neeson. I have to agree. Like, there was just something so visually perfect about, about that that really hideous. It looked so good on him. Not necessarily I don't good, but like it looked why. right. It looked right it on did. him. I can't see anybody else playing Rachel Ghoul. And he's it's one of my like, favorites. So I can't, I don't even know how to describe yeah. it. I know, I know exactly. Anybody who knows what Rachel Ghoul looks like, like that's the fucking beard. Um, so like, I don't know. I part of me is like, ooh, like give me Rachel Ghoul again, but I I'm happy with Liam Neeson. Yeah. Maybe Freeze. I'd like to see Freeze. I'd like to see not Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. Freeze. I I want someone to like but, redeem Mister Freeze. But who on earth <laughs> would freeze it up? There's a lot of people who could do a role like that, especially if you play it like Batman the Animated Series. You could do a lot with Mr. Freeze. There's a lot of options, and there's a lot of characters who deserve a second chance with Batman's Rogues Gallery. Like, again, like Penguin? Like, okay, let's do him right. Let's do him right. Riddler? Let's do him right. Freeze. Do him right. Yeah. Looking forward to that coming in 2021 to a theater near you. Yep. Why don't we move on for the sake of time to our discussion topic today, one that will uh, probably end a friendship. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, um, I'm taking a page out of uh, even more news's book and uh, we're, we're talking about Game of Thrones. I know this is a comic book podcast, but I've wanted it's someone our, to talk about this on the air. It's our and, podcast. And Dang it, nobody so. on Dubac watches Game of Thrones. We're going to talk about it. Spencer and I have lots of opinions about Very season many. eight. So um, if you're not a Game of Thrones person, uh, start now. Say yeah, start now. Same bat time, same bat channel. Love you, three thousand. Bye. Um, if you are a Thrones you know, watcher, sit tight. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully you're all caught up because we're about to spoil everything. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, Spencer so. is currently getting notes ready because okay, he and yeah. I have differing opinions I, <laughs> on season eight. I there's just okay. You have five seconds ready. Five, four, three, two, one. And we're into it now. Okay. Talking about how this show wrapped up and how incredibly dissatisfied I am with how it happened. And I feel like I share that sentiment with most of the fandom. But much like was the case with The Last Jedi, Jared just can't help himself. Hold on! But, the but Last to, Jedi is like right down the middle. But to don't... adore something that a lot of people you have a lot of like problems with. You also like The Last with. Jedi. I Hold know, on! Like, oh, oh, oh. But it took me a while to come around. It took me a little while to come around. But anyway, 
like the Jared I know and love, the first thing he said to me was, man, that was just fantastic. And the first thing that I said back- That is not at all what, what I said. What, you high? You are lying. Are you are lying. High? I am pulling up that group chat. All you right, lying you bastard. Just, okay. You lying, lying sack of <laughs> you, shit. You may, you may dishonor me, but you'll never insult me. I said, it was, this is literally right as the episode ended. I texted our group and the group chat we have with Joel. What did we think? Spencer replies, bollocks. That's what I said. I said bollocks, and I meant it. I said, I respectfully and profoundly disagree with you. Which means it was awesome, and... Which means I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to pretend it's perfect, though. It's way... It's, it's <laughs> far from it. Terrible. Anyway. But I said, I profoundly, respectfully disagree with you. Spencer immediately shoots back... I think this is the fastest reply I've ever gotten from you. I've it known was, you for like nigh a decade. Uh, <laughs> and this is the fastest text back I've ever gotten. He shoots back, you can't help but disagree with public opinion, can you? <laughs> it's true. And then we can go from there. But and then I, you, you also did make the Last Jedi sure, comparison I'm here. I'm pretty though. sure, actually, whenever you asked for opinions and I said bollocks, I'm pretty sure I had already started to type that, really, Jared? <laughs> really? You liked it? Because, because I just knew. I just, I just knew. I knew that you were going to be like, oh my gosh, I, this is so entertaining. I love it. I already knew. Before you even sent the text, I had already started. Like that, really, Jared? I can't breathe. <laughs> there is just, in my opinion, this is where I think the show went wrong, okay? Okay. Stick up your hands pretty wide, okay? On your right hand, way over to the right, you have the fans that have been watching since the beginning. They know the drill. They're like, yes, give us some stuff that's really hard to watch, but it'll be okay in the end. Give us the red wedding. It'll be okay in the end. You know, give us the purple wedding. What do they call it? It's like, that's purple, your reward. You're, yeah, that's your, say, that's you're your clapping reward. for like, the purple wedding. Like this is what happens when you when you keep waiting. You know, give us all these awful things that I don't think Rob and Catherine were worth just Joffrey, but okay. But anyway, in the end, it'll be okay. Just like bear with us. It sucks now, but get over it. Your lives and your opinions don't matter to us, and that's just the way it is. That's yes. on the right. You can put your right arm down because you're probably getting tired. Left. This is where most TV shows go in their last season. They have to wrap it up in a way that makes you kind of go, ah, oh, okay. See, now that was worth it. Very Gilfire's on. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gilfire's on, charmed, I'm sure. Anyway, he's very, ah. Oh, you can put your left arm down for a second. That is where most TV shows go, is to the left with the, okay, we got to give these people... A sense that what they've just they've spent all this time watching it was worth something it was it meant something to them and they can now recommend it to their friends like oh yeah you should check this out because in the end it was just all worthwhile mm -hmm. okay put your arms back up left and right people on the right want to see the good old stuff people on the left are like ha ah, we want a happy ending smack them together in the middle that is what they decided to do. They decided <laughs> to take the middle road that sort of appeased both sides. And in doing so, they, pissed they, off they pleased a whole nobody. Lot of people. They pleased nobody with what they did. Especially those that really liked the stuff where, where you just like, you never see it coming. Like, and, and stuff makes sense. It doesn't always make sense right now, but it makes sense when you think about it for long enough, whenever they kind of tell you why it makes sense. 
Anyway, that's I, what I think is a big part of it. That's I why think I there's think a lot the wrong that, big part of it. I think there's a big part of it that of this season that has been we are not going to explicitly tell you this is why we did this thing. It's kind of up to you to read between the lines. But like that, like the last the Jedi. Lines, but really. Like pay attention. It's telling you what's going on. It's just not going to like spoon feed to you. But reading but reading between the lines only works if you present something good in the thi- in your show. You know, like that would be I would be fine with that if they if they did that's something you eventually that made came around the last Jedi, yeah. That's like the, yeah, I had some time to brood over the last Jedi and, and rewatch it a couple times and to say, okay, this was coming sort of along the way. It makes yeah, sense I had why like they a did conversation. this. Like you we in real time, like in real time started to go figuring this out. Okay, I get it now. Like you yeah. yeah. But The Last Jedi, whether you like how they took the Star Wars universe or not, it is a fabulous piece of cinematic creation. You can't really argue with that. It's just visually stunning. The story is great. It just all depends on your opinion of how they took the Star yeah. Wars franchise. It's good as a film. You can debate the right. nerd shit later. But I cannot say the same for the final season of Game of Thrones. I mean, it wrapped up a lot of things in a ways that we in ways that we saw coming. Okay, we saw some things coming. Partially because we're smart show watchers, partially because they beat us over the head with it like with like leading up to the Battle of Winterfell, everybody figured out that something was going to go down in the crypts because they talked about it so much, right? We kind of figured wrongly, as far as we know, wrongly that Daenerys might be pregnant because of how much they talked about how she can't get pregnant. If they talk about things a lot in Thrones, it's probably because it's going to be important very soon. We didn't get that with Daenerys' pregnancy, although it is neither confirmed nor denied but basically, I mean, I feel denied. I don't think it really go, matters in either direct. I mean, she gets shanked. Yeah, just, <laughs> so like it really doesn't it, it, fucking yeah, matter. It doesn't matter if she's pregnant. But she's like dead. the fact that like her whole thing was my dragons are my children. So that's like I never really cared. She outright says the words like she These says are the, the words I have to children. I know, but that's under the. She's convinced of the curse that this witch doctor lady gave her, and I'm pretty sure that in her heart, I think she just wasn't fertile. I <laughs> I just don't think don't she could have sustained a pregnancy. Know. And I thought of all kinds of different I think those are one of those like we're gonna that, blame like, it that... on magic, but I I think it I think it was part infertility, part magic, part you're pregnant in a fucking desert. Maybe you I know. Think, okay, but but okay. I'm going to just for the sake of getting the actual argument started here jesus yeah, this is, this is <laughs> i'm big. looking at your phone and how long this list is okay, oh this my is God. this is a compilation of every critical I'm listening. question i'm getting a bottle of water this is the, the, the a compilation of every critical question that my friends from school and i have thrown around to each other as to why the wrap-up of this tv show makes absolutely no sense rapid fire here we go why did everyone else have to solve Somebody else's storyline. Story line. For instance, why did Arya kill the Night King? Why does Bran end up on the Iron Throne? Why did Bran say nothing of substance for the entire third episode just to disappear for two whole episodes and reappear to become the king? Okay. Lazy screenwriting, in my opinion. Anyway. Also, why did no one care that the North just decided to secede out of nowhere? Why did the Wildlings wait at Castle Black for Jon Snow to conveniently arrive for them? 
How did it jump several weeks in time with John as a prisoner when Drogon just flew away with Danny's body never before or never to return? Okay, for that one, fast travel is a thing. Okay, in the later seasons, stuff just happens quickly. Yeah, they all, yeah, they all know fast travel. If I'm not going to choose to die on the mountain that the, la- like the last scene of the whole series <laughs> takes place like three weeks or so after or even longer after um, he kills her, I'm not going to die on that mountain. But most importantly, how did not a single person at the meeting mention John's heritage when they were trying to decide who's going to sit on the throne? How did not a single person? Because there's well, let's, because, let's, let's because think about was, it. No, hold on. Sans is there. Tyrion's there. Sam is there. Those are three people. And Bran. And Bran. Two of which are the the, the best authority on how to. Plus, we don't know who all Varys sent those letters to. If he got those letters out at all. I, I think he got them out. I think it's just a matter of who got them. So how is that not even a topic of discussion? Well, what I'll say there, the though, meeting. is but Grey Worm, I can't remember his actual name, and I feel like an asshole only ever calling him Grey Worm. Torgonudo. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Um, you're looking for the actor name? No, I can't, I can't remember like how you're actually supposed to say I, I did not retain any of those. It was also one of my favorite moments in the finale. When uh, Davos, Davos takes a stab at it, and he am, just I pro- like, am I pronouncing that? He right? just kind of trails off at the end. <laughs> but anyway, oh, what a guy. Anyway, yeah. I love the Onion Knight. Um, Me too. Secret fan. Word up. I I Grey Worm makes a point of like all of the Unsullied and Dothraki and all the people who are still loyal to Danny's memory want John's fucking head. So I feel like if there was going to be any type of agreement and uh, parlay with the whole situation, John was not even up for the discussion. Like, I feel like if you're going to keep the Dothraki and you're going to keep the Unsullied happy and avoid a fourth fucking war in the middle of King's Landing after all of this. Okay, John's not in the conversation. Like, okay, we'll concede that. Because that's why the whole thing with him going back to Castle Black. Like, that was, that's what it was I all did, about. I know that that was a, he's about they, they said, in a like, conflict, but the, keeping him alive. I understand that that's why he went back. But that's but, what I'm saying, is that, like, like, I don't think, I think all of them kind of agreed there's no way we're going to get this side of the table to agree to anything involving John. Even Yara was pissed about it. And she was still loyal to Danny. So there was, like, a huge chunk of people who took issue with John. So I think the, just the sheer conversation of John still breathing was a, was a hotly debated topic. So I think to go from Jon Snow is even still alive in the first place to, hey, you know that guy that you really hate for shiving your queen? Yeah, he's king now. I don't think anyone would have wanted that. And I think everybody in that conversation collectively decided... Yeah, he doesn't want this, and this is just a bad idea to even mention him at this point. So we're just going to let this. We're just okay, we're just going to move on from that conversation. Okay. So that's but, why I don't think he came up in that. But here's my thing. Okay, Grey Worm is a smart guy. All right, he may not have a classical uh, Westerosi education, but he's a smart guy. He's not an idiot. So why I is keep it getting Discord notifications? By the way. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I just, keep realizing you, know, you can't hear them. On. <laughs> I only check them when we watch them. But Grey Worm is a smart guy. So why is it that Varys, Tyrion, and Jon Snow are the only three sons of guns left in King... Oh, in, in Arya. How come those four people are the only sons of guns left in King's Landing 
who understand that Danny's gone off her freaking mind. That she's been a murderous wench for the last couple days and just it needs well, to Well, John end. and Terry didn't want to believe it. They both they didn't want to. That's but what I'm they saying. They did. Well, they reckon. I don't, they even, both, I don't even think Grey Worm was ready to approach the, the idea. I don't think Grey Worm fucking cared. I think it's. I think he was aware of it. He was just like, no, this is what we have to do. But I think Grey Worm, like, 100% drank the Kool Aid. Then that's it. And he doesn't have any more right no, to no, call no, the no, shots no, no, no. than anybody Absolutely. Else. That's what I'm saying, though. Is it like he de facto became Danny's, like, heir, if you will? <clears throat> because, like, John delegitimized himself by killing her. Tyrion was already on death row. He was, yeah, well. Tyrion's on death row. John is on death row. Felt a gray one. So, and I also think, like, the point of the story, and the whole conversation between John and Tyrion was, you know, love is the death of duty. Like, you know, love is the death of reason. John was so goo goo eyed at Danny that he couldn't accept what was going on. And I also think, and again, these are just one of those unspoken parts that I just, I feel like is implied is that John already had a lot to square with how he felt about Danny finding out she was his fucking aunt. Aunt. It doesn't sound any more sophisticated when you say aunt. Okay. I prefer aunt, whatever it, (laughs) when he found out that they were related, Okay. He had a really difficult time accepting that he still loved her. So he's already grappling with that. So I feel like part of his subconscious was like, I need to figure out this whole incest thing before I even tackle the genocide. So I feel like there was already a whole lot of conflict going on with how that's he just, felt about that's Danny. Just one more conflict that should make him realize I know but it's not that it's not that simple people aren't that simple it's not like I know that people aren't simple love isn't simple okay I've never fallen in love with my aunt before nor have I fallen in love with my aunt before which is just a more sophisticated version of my aunt apparently but I can only imagine how complicated that would be I know I'm just I'm just poking fun at you because it's 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 my job Joel as co-host Joel I think this is our is it this? No, no, it was just Joel. He just sent me the um, reimagined uh, yeah, fight. Yeah. He just sent me that on Facebook. Like, bro, how did I not send that to you? <laughs> was it the, the Obi-Wan fight that I sent you? The cool one where they like reimagined the, the duel of the Death the, Star? Yeah. Okay. Dude, that's sick. Oh my god. If you guys haven't seen it, floating around here someplace on YouTube, on Instagram, whatever, there's this completely I just love that reimagined sh- duel between Vader and old Ben Kenobi in the quarter of the Death Star. Really dope. Check it out. That shot where like the camera's up facing Vader and he's just like cleaving through the hallway. So oh, I could watch a, just a gif of that for three hours. Three hours is a long time. It is, but it's worth it. Anyway, anyway back to the, the meat of the discussion here. The throne of games. Okay. The throne of games. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. This is just exhausting. I just, I, 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 I'm it's so a, upset It's a long it. conversation it's, to have. It's it's keep, keep going. I don't even remember where I was. Did fucking Jeb have anything to add to this? Am I going to feel Jeb. personally per- no, betrayed he, by Jeb? He, no, he didn't. He isn't caught up. He oh. hasn't watched through... He, didn't, he hasn't seen... Oh, I remember he six. said that. Yeah. But... I'm sure he'll be upset whenever he watches through, because he and I are, are, are like-minded in a lot of ways. 
But anyway, here, let's just do some more of these rapid-fire questions here. Ready? Okay, why were the only people in the entire series that we saw react or not react to Bran's true lineage being John, Danny, Bran, and Sam? That didn't make any sense. Okay. Why are the Unsullied going to Narth? Okay, besides that love is a thing, a land of pacifist na natives and butterflies who carry a plague that only kill foreigners. Okay, that doesn't make sense. But again, why are the Unsullied going to Narth? What could they possibly hope to find there? I mean, I know, that, place I, know to that be, he, yeah. I know that Grey Worm had, had talked with Misundi. I love that meme so My much. My favorite was like, when they like the ice cream on the ground. Misundi. <laughs> My favorite was someone like Photoshop Grey Worm to look like uh, John Travolta in Greece. Yeah. It was Misandi. 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 <laughs> My favorite is still Me Sunday with his ice cream. That's on good the too. Me Sunday. But anyway, I get that he had that conversation with her about like what they wanted to go to the Isle of North together. And that's cute. That's nice to have a retirement plan between just the two of them where he can take his junkless self with her to the Isle of North where they can live together and settle to sea forever. But like taking he all had of his the, hands and thumb. I wasn't going to bring that up. Thank you. But but with like all of the unsullied going there, TJ possessed me on that one. <laughs> the spirit of TJ Bowser took over. Yourself. You ought to be proud, TJ. <laughs> Look what you've turned him into. The, Jer the Jared I knew would never have said that. He spent too much time with you. Had had had, had like just, just enough restraint bit. to not make that joke. <laughs> But like honestly, guys, I, I, like I said, you, I think you expect to like just waltz in there and become become the Ronin protectors of of Narth. You expect to well, just like waltz in there and start a, a a nice agrarian life for yourself? Probably not. I, okay, but I'll say this much though: I think that this show, the, the, again, I'm not going to pretend that the season didn't drop the ball in certain places. In lots of places. But I also think there came a point where there, it just became fun to shit on the show. Like I don't feel like we need a specific written out oral explanation of why everybody's making every single decision that they are. They're going to Narth because Grey Worm has an emotional want to still fulfill what he wanted with with Masende and he wants like they, they're they going to find their own land. That's what Tyrion said. He's like start your own house. The Unsullied or your bannermen fucking go do your own thing. You don't want to do any of this Westeros shit. I don't blame you. Go. Like, it's, I think it's that simple where it's just like, go, go do your own thing. I don't know that there has to be like an entire monologue dedicated. I know that there has to be. And the Unsullied are going to go to North. And this is why this is the precise reason. I'm just like reading off all the complaints that we had. I just feel like it came to a point where we're shitting on it to shitting on it. The Unsullied in North is, again, not the mountain I'm prepared to die on. But honestly, the only character completion that i'm remotely happy with is Arya's because she has always been like the adventurer the go on my own be a cool badass you know yeah. sword fighting maniac and and become blind for a little while and well, her arc was like vengeful <laughs> to i'm at peace with the world to I think I'm this arbiter of death. No, I don't want to be this arbiter of death. I'm just 
like you said, like she's a swashbuckler. Yeah. And I think it was like this genesis of her from like Avenger to just hero of to, sorts that to, she's able to just, you know. To a somewhat scoundrel like character. Yeah. Where a lovable scoundrel. Yeah. Much akin to Han Solo. Like a Dread Pirate Roberts. Precisely. And so with that in mind, I'm okay with her like, well, what's west of Westeros? Uh-huh. That's a really good question. Why don't you find out? Deuces. <laughs> Sayonara. Right? Say hello to whatever is west of yeah. Westeros. Wester. I think I think I made the joke. It's Westerer. Westerer Rose. <laughs> I saw that as a it's, meme. It's, I we- love it's Wester of, of Westeros. <laughs> but anyway, I'm okay with that. All right, I'm fine. That, that's, they just end up in fucking Middle Earth. But okay, let's deal with the question <laughs> of Northern Secession. Not Southern Secession, which is, which is the topic <laughs> of this. Very different very, conversation. Very different conversation that we have had between the two of us. <laughs> between the historian and social justice warrior. <laughs> so eat my whole ass first whole of all thing. nice and juicy oh I'm trying to make you very oh man you did mission Let's accomplished deal with the question of northern secession okay the northern have well, been trying to secede this whole fucking show not exactly they've been trying since season three and then they didn't and then they were like well maybe we could do this again but then that went to shit and then they're like, okay, maybe... Yeah, okay, now's our time. Boom. Sansa put her foot down from the jump with Danny. The North is its own fucking thing. We'll help. We're all going to work together because Cersei needs to stop this shit. But the North is its own thing. That was the entire conflict between her and Danny. Okay. Was that so Danny what... refused to accept Winterfell as its own sovereign... Nation. So, what about all of these groupies that you were bringing up, like Yara and all these other Dannyites that are still floating out there that are loyal to that are she's gone, but that are still loyal to her memory? I think mostly all of the people who are loyal to Danny in the North are relegated to the Iron Islands because that was the whole point of like Danny did not feel at home in Winterfell itself, but like. Yara makes a point of saying the Iron Islands are loyal to Daenerys. So I think like that chunk, then maybe that stays a part of Westerosi terror or um, the the Six Kingdoms. But I Winterfell, like they made a point of saying like we have no desire to be a part of this anymore. We gain nothing from this Seven Kingdoms nonsense. Except just being ruled over for nothing. We are self-sustaining. We've been self-sustaining. We don't get anything from you guys. We barely give you anything in the first place. We're just padding out your land in between us and whatever the fuck is out behind the wall. Which, at this point, is nothing to our knowledge. That we know. But that we know again, of. The White Walkers the White Walker and Whites have been wiped out. For years, but who knows if they might come back for... Who knows if there's a nice emperor, you know? To, to be. Whatever. But that's what I think. It's like the whole point of the North has been to secede and but leave just, the it's, Seven it's Kingdoms. It's just remarkable that nobody has any objection to it whatsoever. I'd be cool if the North ended up seceding, and but again, like it, somebody stick up for the for the Iron Throne or what's left of it, the well, smoldering chunk of it. Well, then that's flat. my thing. Is that I think there's a whole lot of that that is just built around the slate is clean. So if we're going to have this conversation and this issue is going to be brought up. And it's going to be brought up in a peaceful way that doesn't end in any bloodshed. 
happens now. Because we're at the reset point. We have all of the lords and ladies. Everything is in complete disorder. We need to put someone on the throne. We need to figure this out. I think that is the time when Sansa says, we're out. We said we were out, and we're still out. Thank you, Bran. Which I also love the scene where she just basically goes, he got broke, dick. Like, I laughed for like a good five minutes when she went, this motherfucker can't have kids. Like, I, I legit laughed for five minutes, and I don't know why. But... Brand the broken. <laughs> well, I also like the fact that they're like shifting to like a constitutional monarchy as well. Okay, and like okay, it makes okay. a point of like really Shout subtly. Shout out to Sam Tarly for bringing up the notion of an actual democracy. Well, that's what. And like I was listening to. Um, I, like, sorry, I think I laughed out loud when he said, "It's like, what if we had everyone vote for each other?" And much like the guys in the TV show, yeah, I laughed at the fact that he brought it up because I knew that everybody else in that room was, was about gonna, to start yeah. laughing. At the fact that he brought it up. But at the same time, I was, like, fist-pounding him in spirit. Yeah, but, like, that's what they agreed to. And, like, that's what Tyrion says. Like, yeah. Who, I mean, in, hypothetically, if Bran could have kids, it's not just going to, by default, go to his go kids. to whatever Bran shoots out of his stuff. But it's some form of, con- like, there is there is There's gonna safeguards be- against tyrants and tyrannical dynasties exactly. and stuff like that. And, the, the, uh, and like, I'm not okay. I'm not. But the read that like even more news gave it when they were talking about the show as a whole and the whole idea that like they need to, in some way, because the story has had so much to do with the pitfalls of monarchy. In some way, either decry monarchy, or have the show end if there's still someone sitting on the Iron Throne. And with the idea of there is no such thing as a good king. There's no such thing as a good queen. Like, no matter yeah, what, someone's going to be a piece of shit. Someone's going to be, a, there's like, no matter what, this power makes you a piece of shit. Okay, but just look at, it doesn't make any historical sense. If we're using, roughly speaking, the European Middle Ages like as a backdrop yeah. for the, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The development of thought isn't even close to constitutional monarchy. Is everybody happy with the fact that it's absolute monarchy in Westeros? Probably not. But let's think about it. The literacy rate in Westeros and Essos everywhere is probably 5% or lower. You need an educated populace to make an educated decision about dethroning the people who have an education. And until you but can that get starts that, somewhere, again, this is an entirely historical argument, but we're oh, talking yeah. like the, the 18th century at best. They, they, they are at least three to five hundred years out from even coming close to making that step. And by doing that, like, maybe, okay, they're kind of on the right track. They're leaving it up to the other lords. But that sort of a thought, like, Samuel Tarly is a genius in the sense that his thinking is well beyond his own lifetime. Like, props to him. He's not not thinking about, like, a limited uh, monarchy. He's not thinking about a wealthy aristocratic rule. He's not thinking about a constitutional monarchy. He's already got his eyes on the prize, baby. Yeah, he's, he's looking like enlightened. millennium he's ahead. He's yeah. an actual democratic system. And he, like, settles for what we could consider He's like, this is a step in the right direction. Right. However, even amongst that, like, that's sort of a... But the change has to start somewhere. Political change comes from the bottom. 
it's always the peasant revolts. It's always the we want a voice and we demand to have one that starts the change. Like, you don't go from absolute monarchy to democracy. But I also think that, that like quick. this group of people they have right now to get the ball rolling for that could not be better. Okay, but having I, someone like Bran and Tyrion at the helm like this, they are both very enlightened individuals. And Sam is under the small council context, and that's but what I'm saying. Is they, they're, like, but they're, Sam is the only one who even gives the idea of uh, of a people's rule any any sense of legitimacy no, whatsoever. I think Tyrion and Bran, I think, are all in the same boat. Tyrion they, firsthand they, has seen how ugly this shit can get, and I know, and I would bet that Bran. Bran already knows what's going to happen in the next hundred thousand years. He does. But unlike Sam, both Tyrion and Bran know that while, yes, this would be ideal, the world isn't ready for this No, yet. but they can start making the changes is what I'm saying. With everything being in such a state of reset, in such a state of blank slatedness, now's the time to try to push the envelope. But the envelope wouldn't be pushed. I can't think of a single time, except maybe with the abdication of the most recent pope, that anybody in a state of absolute power has given it up from from some sort of an enlightened in, in moment that they had. Like, it is never... Just look at France, okay? That was a really rapid change. But it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the king who just all of a sudden decided, oh yeah, my name's Louis, I don't want to be king anymore. You guys can rule. <laughs> no, yeah. they put his head. He had on to his lose bike. ten pounds really quickly. Yeah, instantaneously. <laughs> even. You know, that kind of a change doesn't come from the top. I'm sorry. It's nice to think that. It's nice to think that a group of really smart, enlightened individuals in a room together would make this sort of a solution in a moment of desperation. But a movement from absolute monarchy to anything below that never, ever, ever comes from the top. No, I, I agree which with makes that in a historical which, which sense. Which makes but I feel the like ending in this TV show so I think that's what it's trying to say, though. I disagree it's with that. It's unrealistic on so many levels. There's a fucking dragon, Spencer. Yeah, it's unrealistic. It's fantasy. But you need... You need Everybody will tell you, in writing good fantasy, you need a kernel of truth. You need something that people can latch on to. While they're getting jostled around by all these wyverns. By the way, it's not a dragon, actually. It's a wyvern. Look it up. I know. Fuck off. That's not... That wasn't a dig at you. <laughs> I know I it's not a dig at you. Too. I'm just I know saying, it's not a dig. We're just informing the general populace. Anyway, in this incredibly long and argumentative <laughs> discussion <laughs> about Game of Thrones. Just this like, is so much more heated than the Raylo one. I know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Probably because there's very little historical context whatsoever. So there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing for me to bite at. Anyway... No, but I like the Sorry. idea that, like, you know, and again, I understand that, like, you need that change to come from the bottom. But I feel like this is them, like, taking that step of recognizing we're going to make them feel like they have a voice so they can voice it themselves and start to move in the right direction. So I really like that. And I like the idea that they're all kind of collectively going, ideally... This whole king thing isn't going to be a thing eventually. And I like the idea that there was kind of like a silent agreement among the important players that eventually we don't have to fucking worry about this goddamn chair ever again. I mean, it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. And 
I think that's the point. I'm not like saying it's supposed that to feel like monarchy is the right way to no, go. No, no, I'm no. just saying that in almost any situation, and I'm the one who advocates make... for the Galactic Empire. You are so. right, <laughs> which is really bizarre for you, my very liberal friend. I th- like I said, it's mostly out of spite. I think he does some of these things that he does. When every time he says the rebels are terrorists, I'm like Jerry. The galaxy safer. You're just saying that to piss people off, and you know it. The the galaxy safer with something like the Galactic Empire. We don't need to get into this right now. (laughs) We really don't. This is that's going to be the Patreon show. Is is you and me arguing? This episode (laughs) is already running an hour and thirty nine minutes. Let's keep fucking going. All right, all right. So here's the thing. I am all for the tragic hero. I'm all in favor of... Oh, shit. Of... Are we getting into Danny now? No. Oh, okay. She's not a hero. I am all for the tragic hero. So we're talking about the which, beginning of her art. Which, as you can... As am I. <laughs> I'm all for the tragic hero. Which, in this case, I'm referring to Jon Snow. Because for the tragic hero to be a tragic hero, it requires an incredible moral dilemma to take place and that in the end they end up making the right decision but it, it it is a decision that comes at incredible personal cost we're talking excuse me we're talking antigone like that kind of an of a of a tragic anti-gone anti-gone <laughs> that is a tra- that's an example of a tragic hero and john was facing that was a deep thing. cut for like five people who were listening to this <laughs> But he is faced with two equally powerful but entirely opposite rationales for action. Either he does nothing, just goes with it, and embraces the love that is his, or and, and it is something that is so explainable in 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 social moral terms. Like he can express this to anybody and they'll be like, Oh, I empathize with you. I understand what's happening. It's a tragedy. I empathize with Jon Snow. Because I also love the... I'm just going to interject here for a second. I love how our taste for the tragic hero is so incredibly different where you go to Antigone and I go to fucking Macbeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, like the very clear difference between who we are as people. Mac- Macbeth has... He very quickly loses the heroicness of his tragic hero. But that's what I'm and, saying. It's like... Well, and he... It's, it's more like he falls victim to the femme fatale. Well, no, of, no, but there's a tra- the world. tragic hero of like, you know, you have your character and there are a handful of like really, really, really awful choices laid in front of them. At some point they fuck up. Eventually, hopefully they make it right. Not always. Not always. And like you go with the very, you go with something as heartbreaking as Antigone where I go with good guy goes bad guy real hard no, 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 <laughs> i just no, no, thought no. it was funny how you and i went that in very is, different directions that is that. the because that's why i thought you were how talking we about danny. tragic hero that's what um, i thought you were talking about danny because i thought we we're gonna get right beth territory no i'm referring to to john snow and am i satisfied with how it ended not even close i really wanted to see john snow in some some form of power i knew that he didn't want the iron throne but I was kind of hoping that he would take it <laughs> for the sake of the realm. Like he is, he has already made so many self-sacrificing decisions. 
like to save all of the seven kingdoms by killing Danny at great personal sacrifice, uh, giving up the throne in the north to follow Danny in the first place at great uh, uh, individual sacrifice, choosing to lead the, the Night's Watch despite the fact that everybody hates him and letting the wildlings in, thing, something that he knew was right at great personal sacrifice. Yeah. The brother died. <laughs> he got fucking killed. <laughs> That is that has been his storyline all along, and so I was thinking, what a better way to round out this character than to have him accept a role that he really doesn't want. He's never wanted anything like this. He was, I think, the worst news he ever received in his life was the fact that he's actually the, the heir to the Iron Throne. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will, I will say that with complete confidence that that is the worst news he has ever. More so than Edward starts getting life. fucking capped. Worst news of his life, without a doubt. <laughs> Not only does this mean that How he's close in an incestuous getting... relationship with his with his aunt, but like he's gonna have to confront that like the ugh. worst news of his life. I guarantee it. But I'm willing to bet that if, if the circumstances had been slightly different, if more people like Grey Worm were able to see the fact that Danny is off her freaking, she's off the wall. She's completely. Gone. I think if if Grey Worm didn't drink the Kool Aid, they would have been able to intervene. If Grey Worm didn't drink the Kool Aid, they might have been able to a get her to back down a little bit, or b stop it before it got out of control. Stop before it got out of control. Get her to like take a plea bargain. Like yeah, let John have the throne, but y'all can be married. You can still rule. Yeah, just you can be team up. You can be the Eleanor Roosevelt (laughs) of of Westeros. You know, do your thing, but make you all kinds stop. of wicked change, you need but you need to, to cool it. Or three, they arrange an assassination, A2 Grey Worm, and they just, like, go on with it. Okay? If more people had realized what the heck Danny was doing, there is a really good chance that John would have said, yes, this is awful. One way or another, Danny doesn't get the Iron Throne, but he does, and he says, I understand that I hate this, but I also understand, once again... That I have to do what is best for everybody at great personal sacrifice. I was not especially happy. It's kind of, it's it's kind of a palindrome in the sense that he starts off with the Night Watch, becomes a king, becomes a different kind of king, and then ends with the Night Watch. Well, he also it's, it's poetic in that the sense. The one Maester, Amon, Maester Amon. Yeah, because he's a Targaryen. He is. And, and I think that like it was it was well. kind of, I know that's what I'm saying though, is that there yeah. was like a there so was a mirror go, there, you know. Not like, even within his own you know, story. That line. trope though, where like you tell them how it's gonna fucking end in like the first chapter, where it's like, you know, hey, I'm a Targaryen who like said, I'm not in for this king shit, I'll see you later. It was the same way with Danny. Like I was yeah. watching some of the first season and they hit upon so much that like you know how the gods decide if a Targaryen's gonna be mad yeah. or not, they flip a coin. It's 50-50. Her brother You're was going to be awesome or get the fuck out of their way. And she just assumed because her brother was a wacko. And ended yeah, up with and a she ended up on the good side. That she ended up on the good side. Well, I but think that's that, not always how 50-50 I, I think, odds work out. I think the point of her arc, though, is to show how not 50-50 it was. I think the point of it was to be like, no... You yourself are you're you're making you're making the choice you're gonna make yeah crazy. you're you're making the choice as to what part of yourself you're going to indulge right and not like obviously yeah same conversation we've had about Darth Vader Kylo Ren fucking everybody everybody 
The trauma does not excuse the murder. No. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. Yeah, we yeah, clearly yeah. arrived here yeah. in an Be- honest because, way. Okay, yeah. Like, we got... Like, there's a reason this happened. She has to play the hand that she is dealt. And unfortunately, the hand that like, she is dealt Dan- is Danny's one lived she can't through some escape. Shit. She is, She's she lived is through some genetically awful, oriented awful through some things. And she has also been the victim of her situation with a really abusive older brother who really cared nothing about her just getting the Iron Throne. And once well, he was out of the way... Jump, she's been traumatized. Yeah. She's been on the run her whole life. life and, like, I, I don't care, like... I get that eventually her marriage to Khal Drogo, like, became a loving thing. You don't not 100% bounce back from being sold into a marriage. No. You just don't. Never completely. And even if you can come back from that, like, even if you can't come back from that, the environment she was forced into, she was never given the opportunity to come back from that. So, like, she's essentially kind of turned into a sex slave for a minute there. For a hot sec. You know, ostensibly, that's kind of what it is. And she has this legacy and this hunger for a legacy that's kind of just been, like, crammed inside her head by her brother. This whole idea of, we're going to take it back, we're going to take it back, we're going to give him what for, we're going to take him back. So she's, like, she's high on this idea. You know, kind of like what... Um, Vera said about you know it's like anybody who says it's their destiny to rule is out of their fucking mind that's where Danny's from a young age she's told you're supposed to be on that throne you deserve it they fucked up by taking it from you you need to take it back and then she develops this messiah complex because all of the people she's saving and she gets to Westeros and Winterfell and expects everybody to just fall on their knees for her because she's like, I'm liberating you. I liberated them. Don't you understand? She is so at this point deluded by the amount, by the echo chamber she's been living in because of Dora, because of Grey Worm, because of Missandei. There's all, there's this whole echo chamber of, you're our Messiah. You're our Messiah. Danny's gonna save us. Breaker of chains. That when people start resisting her rule, start pushing back on her, start saying no, she starts losing people left and right, the world around her is crumbling, and put on top of that, she feels isolated, she feels unloved. And granted, like, there's a part of that that is fair, to be like, this hurts, seeing everybody celebrate everyone else in the room but me, Mm. you know? And I do think, like, there's a little bit of that that she's entitled to before it turns into a selfish thing. Like, yeah, the bitch rode a dragon and cleaned house. Like, she deserves some credit. She, like, like, the people should be toasting Daenerys Targaryen. Like, the whole thing. I mean, even though I said, like, I love that moment with Tormund. Like, what kind of crazy fucker rides a dragon? Like, that's cool. But Tormund also needs to go, and this crazy bitch raised this many of them. You know? I heard he took on three. Yeah, you know, like, that's my thing, is that, like, she has every right to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. So that angst is fair. And then you take in all the trauma, all the people she's losing. And then again, like, the, the culture shock, which again, which is a product of the echo chamber. That she's so, well, like, everybody in Karth, like... Adores. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm... I'm, I'm Khaleesi, what's up? So that culture, so the culture shock and the trauma and the hurt all culminates in her snapping. 
does it excuse the sheer amount of innocent lives she took? No. Not by a long shot. But she came by it honestly. You can map out how we arrived at that point. And that's my biggest issue. That's my biggest... That's that's the hill I'm willing to die on season eight. Is the argument that Danny going batshit insane wasn't earned. Because it's been a downward spiral for her. Where she has like... She bought her own hype for so long. That the idea of her not being everybody's savior didn't seem right to her. So... I will that, that 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 that's the hill I'm willing to die on with right. this season. Is Fair. Danny's arc is my favorite part of it. Is seeing her go batshit insane. I th- we all saw it coming by the end of season seven. My roommate Steve pinned his entire Deadpool on the fact that on who would piss Danny, Danny was off. going crazy. <laughs> John would have to kill her. And then, like, the fallout from there. In fact, he won the Deadpool. <laughs> you know, we took, for those of you who don't know, at school, the guys in my hall that all watched, there's, like, 12 or 14 of us. We all did, like, a, okay, here's a list of characters in season eight. Who's going to end the season alive? Who's going to end it dead? Who's going to become a White Walker? And then you get bonus points and stuff or lose points, depending on whether you guess right or wrong. And my buddy Steve, who guessed that... It was going to end this way with Danny going off the wall and John having to kill her. He pinned his whole his whole bracket on that and he won the whole freaking thing. So we could see this coming. And I like the fact that they stuck with it. If you're going to start something like that, I like villains that start villains and stay villains. I also like villains that start good, turn bad, and don't come back because... It gives me this weird satisfaction of somebody that like sticks to their guns even though they're wrong to yeah. the point where they just die. Like Thanos. Like like Two Face in the, the the Nolan trilogy. I hesitate to put Thanos in that company, but okay. That's a topic for another day. He is a bad guy. <laughs> Whoa. What? This Are is you not saying a topic like, for another day? We're rolling up on two hours here, and you want to open the whoa, can of worms no, no, of whether no, no, no. or not I just Thanos need to, was right? I need you to... Okay, Let me get that. He was wrong, but, and that's coming from me, but like, just, just clarifying. Are you saying that Thanos... I'm saying Thanos is bad, was bad... Has the right idea in mind, but takes it the wrong way. Okay, okay. I thought you were saying that Thanos was cut from, gun. like, the same cloth as, like, no. like Harvey no, no, Dent. No, he's not cut from the same I completely cloth. misunderstood no, that. No, That's no, why no. I was like, what the fuck did you just say? No. He understands that something's got to happen. He has an idea that he needs to fix it. Has the wrong idea and refuses to give up that one idea. Yes, okay. He is... He, he becomes a villain and then dies a villain, much like Harvey Dent. He may not be born a villain. Okay. But at some point, somehow... I heard that as Thanos started on the right path <laughs> and then just kind of went crazy as he no, went. No, 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 no. Which shocked the shit out of me. I was like, hey, 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 no. hey, I'll advocate <laughs> for the destruction of Alderaan, but that's way too far. <sighs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> so... Where the heck were we? Danny. Right. So I like the fact that they stuck with the guns on 
writing Dan, but the- yeah, but even I for a really long time was like. She'll come to her senses. Like, like there was a part of me that did for her. That's I, I, I think really the whole did. time. Like part of me was like, a just her being a good enough person, and frankly the messiah complex turning back on in the right direction. That like, and it going like, girl, you need to slow your roll here, and like take and like listening to Tyrion and John for you know five minutes. And like we've been saying, it's not so much that you are either. One hundred percent sane or one hundred percent mad. It's just a flip of the coin, fifty fifty. It's like yeah. you have fifty and fifty of both. And there was so much of me that wanted that wanted that that wanted yeah, yeah. okay. Coming to my senses now. Let's be cool like Fonzie. <laughs> Three little Fonzies up in here. Daenerys, John, and Tyrion working the whole thing out. We're all yeah, gonna we're be all Fonzie. Fonzies, okay? And then. <laughs> And then Davos will burst in from the bathroom as John Travolta pointing his... No, 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 be cool. Put the freaking gun down, man. I really, really, really want to make a meme and, like, superimpose. Um, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. Um, There's a thread. (laughs) Oh, there's, like, a thread. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but okay. Um, I really, really badly want to, like, make a meme of, like, Tyrion's head on um jewels <laughs> and you know where this is going tell us Mr. Chill John's head on Ringo and Daenerys' head on Honey Bunny and it just to be like tell that bitch to be cool Ringo yeah chill anyway In terms, like, overall, all right, my biggest complaint is, if I understand this correctly, HBO offered the writers ten full episodes. <laughs> I don't know why to the finish fuck they this didn't thing off. It. And they said, nah, we're good. We'll take six. We'll do it in six. <laughs> it's like, like the, the you, you, it's like the Spongebob movie when they were, like, debating with uh, King Neptune as to how many days they had to get the crown back. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, I'll give you ten days. And Patrick goes, we'll do it in five. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Like, stop talking. That, that, that only works if if you can pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> Which they so dropped the ball. And that's my and that's where I will definitely give everybody who's shitting on the season credit. Is that they're, I don't know why they didn't do like a ten episode, or even a thirteen episode season. There was a lot to unpack in this season. And, and I think... did wrap up. And if I you think, do it too quick, it gets sloppy. And there's so exactly. much sloppy. And I truly think they could have made every single decision they made this season the same way. But if they Slowed took their down. time with it and were like, and like, let it ruminate, let it, let it explain Expand. itself, people would have been more receptive to it. I think if you... Again, personally, I don't think you have to take any extra time out of the show to explain Danny going crazy. But I think if you had more time to watch her just fester, people would have been more receptive to it. I think if you took more time to explain what in the fuck the Three-Eyed Raven is, people would eventually come to the table with it. But I think because of how they decided to handle this last season... That wasn't an option. 
And I really think if they had taken their time with it, they could have done way more with this season and could have had it feel more satisfying. And I hate using that word because I, I, there's something about it that is just so incredibly, I don't know, almost selfish about the I way agree, people yeah. consume it. You know, like it was so unsatisfying. Like, well, that, that's so subjective. You know, like I get it. I understand that it's not that you don't have a right to be like, man, I didn't care for it. But, like, there also comes a point where, like, you can't then just start, like, indiscriminately shitting on the whole thing either. And and I believe that writers, they reserve the right to produce something that nobody will like. Yeah. They can do that. Yeah. Like, they told their story. They told their story. If you have a story to tell, it doesn't matter if people will like it. If you want to tell your story, write the dang story. If you want it to sell, you better make sure people like it. Yeah. At the very least, you got to make sure that people are... At a point where they can come to terms with it, and I think that and that, that, that's my issue with know. the whole subject sub, subjectivity thing. Pardon me, is that like you need to recognize that this is the story they wanted to tell, and you have every right to say you didn't care for it, but you know, again, like this is going to be a very Last Jedi esque kind of controversy. You're not entitled to a story that makes that checks all of your personal boxes. Yeah, it's, you can't, like you, that, you know, you like get that right. That's not yeah, a right. You can't, That's a and just show up you, and see. And if you didn't get what you wanted, you don't get then get to invoke bad writing. Because yeah, I don't I think, think it, the writing was the problem. It was the fact that they took six episodes to tell a season and a half's worth of a story. Yeah, I am not upset with the fact that Samuel Tarly didn't kill the Night King. I'm not upset with the fact that Danny is on the Iron Throne, which I wanted to happen. I wanted Danny on the Iron Throne, but it didn't happen. I'm not upset with that. I've come to terms with those things. I can come to terms with stuff happening that I didn't want to happen. My issue is with the pacing. My issue is with the, the doubling back. For instance, my last big beef, I think we should wrap it up here in the next couple minutes because we just hit two hours. Okay. But anyway, my well, last TJ's big beef. TJ's always complaining that this show's too short. We're my last to, at least, big but. beef that we can talk about that I sent you earlier today is like a compare a comparison between Brand's lines from season seven to season eight. In Season 7, Episode 3, Bran says, I can never be Lord of Winterfell. I can never be Lord of anything. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. And then in Season 8, Episode 6, when he's like, do you want the Iron Throne? He says, why do you think I came all this way? Okay, this is a guy that is either arrogant as hell, or he has just smugly sat aside, pretended like he doesn't want anything. The classic maneuver you know feigning uninterest in order to grasp that which you desire most like i'm just so the the fact i think uh, a big part of that was and this is just me personally i think a lot of brand we're going to make this worth a you know having on a comic book podcast i think a lot of that was a very doctor strange-esque if i tell you what's supposed to happen it won't and i think a lot of that was brand starting to understand his powers. And they don't explicitly say this, and again, if they had taken their time to ruminate with a lot of these themes, and we got a better explanation as to what in the actual fuck the Three-Eyed Raven is capable of, 
part of me, and this is just me opining and just kind of speculating. I think the presence of the Night King may have like hampered his abilities in some way. And I think it might have been one of those like kind of like an attack of the clones when they were talking about how like the dark side is like clouding is like clouding their ability to just touch the light side. Yeah. I think that might be like a similar issue as to what's going on with the Three Eyed Raven. So you think now that the Night King, like now that the Night King was out of the picture, can like see the future. The future became clearer. He was able to more easily kind of envelop himself into what his powers are, and I think that once he was able to do that, he was able to go. Oh shit! I have to be king, don't I? Oh fuck! Let's go. We gotta go to King's Landing. Oh, but the okay. Bran would be great as an advisor. I'm not going to deny that. He'd be the best advisor because as the keeper of the history, he's the keeper of the mistakes. He's the keeper of the successes as well. And what better person to be whispering in your ear about, no, this isn't a very good plan. Like, yeah, this is what you He's a guy who will see exactly what will happen. Who knows exactly what's going to happen. But in terms of actual ability to rule, I have never met anyone drier than Three-Eyed Raven Bran. Like I would just I love three eyed Raven Brand. If I walked up to his throne as a loyal subject saying, Okay, I'm here for my orders, what do you need? If he told me what he wanted from me, I would not do it out of spite. <laughs> just because of how frank he is. Like, look at what's her name? Nobody even remembers her name. The gal that went out the the north of the wall with him, the wildling chick, that came back and she's like, Hey I know it's on the tip of my tongue. I just, I'm, hey, I just was uh, ready to, I'm just ready to go now. And he's just like, okay, bye. I can't remember. I was genuinely ticked off at Bran for being so three-eyed Raven that he can't at least empathize with I also think a lot of that was like how young he is and like how young he is and when it's happening. Like, I feel like it's kind of implied that like the last three-eyed Raven, like, he was closer to being Max von Sydow to when he became the Three-Eyed Raven. So that, like, he was older and more ready to handle that. Or I feel like Bran is, again, like, characters who, like, come by trauma, honestly. I think Bran's been through so much fucked up shit in his life. And then he has this thrust upon him that it just kind of broke him. No pun intended with the whole Bran the Broken thing. But, like, I feel like his brain was just kind of shattered at that point. And, like, even more news, who political podcast i listen to but for the like they they got their start writing entertainment stuff and basically went this is our show we're going to talk about game of thrones at the end of the episode from now on once for the rest of the season deal with it if you don't like it and they brought up this one point and i love it and like as actors i really love this idea with brand with like Then they say, they're like, we're not sure if the kid who plays Bran is a good actor or not, and I don't think it matters. (laughs) And that, like, there's something about this performance that, like, he can get away with just, like, sitting in a chair talking like this. He doesn't have to emote at all. He just has to be dry and mildly sarcastic. But not let on. I have to go now. Like... Yeah. Like it, that was the thing was they they were like I I can't tell if he's a good actor or not and I don't think it's supposed to matter. It's just, so like and the, but that's the thing is like this is such a weird type of character that I don't think we've really experienced before. 
Like there's it's a lot of there's a lot of it's the Oracle type. It's the Oracle type, but done in a really different way. It's too, it's, it's too personified. Like I don't think we've ever seen the Oracle in such a literal way. Period. Yeah, in such an actual literal as a fashion. person, as as someone who used to be a person we knew, and is now complete, almost completely disconnected. Is a different person. Yeah, like the Oracle is never directly involved. That doesn't Bran at one point say I'm not Bran anymore? Like, doesn't yeah. he like outright say like, which yeah, only, that ain't me? <laughs> which only future, which only future, which only further infuriates me the fact that like, as soon as he's offered anything beyond sitting in a wheelchair in the God's Wood of Winterfell, he's like, uh, yeah, okay, I'll be king. But that's the thing, is, I don't think he, I don't think he had a choice. I think he had like a Doctor Strangian there's, you know, 60 million, whatever, 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 whatever. Curb stomp the table again. There's like however millions of different uh, possible futures. I think he recognized I'm going to be king. And like, I think, I, I truly think that was him trying to be funny with Tyrion. I don't think he was like legitimately trying to be like, I don't want anything that came on this way. I think that was just him trying to like not seem like a terrifying fucking zombie. Well, he could at least smile. Does, does the does the transference of wisdom from the three eyed raven suddenly make him unable I don't to know. I just, let on the fact that he's being a sarcastic ass? Like, I just I just feel like all the, the sarcasm has been baked into his character at this point. Like that's why I didn't flinch when he like I laughed when he said it because I thought that was just him just being coy with Tyrion because he knew already. I don't think it was like I came because I knew it was going to happen and I've been waiting. I think it was. I came because I knew it was going to happen. Let's get this over with. Come on. You know, like the same thing with like when they try to do the whole King random Stormlands and the Reiner of the thing and the whatever. When they try to do that whole chance and they go, um, they're like, I promise it'll get better. And he goes, I know. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it was one of those moments where he's like, don't worry about it. I already know what happens. You don't have to explain yourselves to me. I already know everything. But, yeah, I, I agree that, like, the season is flawed. And there's a lot of moments and there's a lot of there's a lot of times where it falls on its face. But I truly think all of it is a product of the six-episode limit. And I think they could, they could go with the same decisions they make. They could go with the same plotting and the same everything. Just do it over a longer amount of time. And, frankly... I think the fact that they blew their load on the Battle of Winterfell the way they did was fucking stupid. It was glorious, but stupid. It was glorious, but, like, they put so much of the budget into that episode. And I think that was really, really, really short-sighted of them. And I will say this much about people who just don't like the way the show ended, period. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they had this really good quote about how, like, the first half of Game of Thrones... The show played like a really good game of D&D in that it was constantly evolving. There was constantly something going on. There was somebody at the helm ready to throw you off your guard at any second. The dungeon master. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're, exactly. There was a DM ready to throw you off at any moment. And eventually they went, we have to wrap this up. So they had to go from this is just a freewheeling nightmare of a game of Dungeons and Dragons to, okay, some of these characters need to meet right now for us to be able to wrap this up. So I think they ended, I think, 
Benioff and Weiss inadvertently cast a net way bigger than they could ever manage. With how big that the, the first half of the show was, and they didn't give themselves enough time to eventually slowly reel it back. But like each individual character's arc, I liked. I liked John's arc of, I just want to do my own thing. And it being, and him like being, then everybody trying to pigeonhole him into something else before he's able to just go, okay, deuces, I'm going into the wildlands. I'm going to be on the wall. Sansa's arc of being, of, you know, basically being her own prince. Of like, you know, how Ned explains to her, if one day you'll find some, you'll find someone, he doesn't say a man or a boy or a prince, he says you'll find someone who is all of these things. Sansa grew up into that. Arya, very similar to John, had her arc of, I just want to be my own person. I don't want to fit into your mold. And she goes from, I need to avenge my family to, there's more to life than just blind revenge. And she learns from Sandor Clegane that there's more here than just bloodlust. Danny's arc of, you know, you either die a hero or see yourself become the villain. There's, I loved the way everybody's arcs resolved. And Tyrion's arc of, like, learning what it means to be around power. And, like, the way that he was around such ugliness for so long that when he found somebody who, I truly do believe, Danny at her core, had good intentions. At least in the beginning, that when Tyrion saw somebody who, even though she did have selfish, like, that one for revenge and take it back and blah, 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 and as problematic as that is, at her core, Danny did want to fix things. And Tyrion saw that and fell for it instantly. And then this was him learning how vile absolute power is. I loved everybody's arc. They needed more time to complete it. So, like I said, I, as a whole, like the story they told, but recognize where they fell short. And conversely, I think they fell short a lot in trying to take the middle road. Like, bring up your arms again. There's the left and the right, and, and they tried to go down the middle, and it just didn't work. Either you either you piss off half the fandom or the entire thing, and they opted to piss off the entire fandom, which is their own st- stupid decision. But in terms of some of the individual things that ended up not super pleased, but... You know, I can I can come to terms with it. I'm willing to to. Now hopefully, um, we get two books yeah. that will expand on the story. Hopefully, hopefully uh, George R. R. Martin just, <laughs> just he says, he "Yeah, that gets was, to work." Yeah, that was dumb. Here's how it really goes. That's what I don't want either. I don't want the book to be spiteful though. And he said that like they're he he outright said they're not. He's like they're going to end this show in a way that's not that different from mine, which to me says my want and like idea of all this story needs is more more time time. to ruminate i think that's what george rr martin's version is going to be maybe not identical to it but like we'll have more time to spend with why people are doing and behaving the way that they are fair enough i think in the end for me tolerating season eight is worth it to watch through the entire thing again because it's just so fabulous yeah but what not your, super. What was thrilled. your favorite episode this season? This season favorite episode? Probably the Battle of Winterfell. 
it was you know it was it was like it was it was the the pleasant distraction from the chaos that was the rest of the season that was my least favorite episode i enjoy me some some um, record-breaking battle sequences be- that was good the bells is my favorite uh, i really like the bells um there was just something i'm also just a sucker for the ending of any story so like i loved the iron throne a lot because i just i like the ending period like for any story um so I like that one a lot, but I really like the bells. I like I, I really enjoyed watching the carnage and the way everybody was reacting to it in like the in real time of each individual character going, We've made a terrible fucking decision. Oh no kind of moment. So Yeah. Thanks for powering through uh, Game of Thrones talk, yeah, everybody. Not, if you listen well, if you listen, you like but, Game of Thrones, but that's but, not what you came here for initially. But we thank you for sticking around if you made it this far. Um, as a reward, maybe we'll throw, throw some outtakes at, at the end of this episode <laughs> for, for your loyalty. Um, uh, yeah, so real quick, going to do some plugs here before we uh, part ways with you lovely folks. Um, this is the Hall of Heroes podcast, as you are well aware there are two other podcasts in our network. There is the Dubac Discussion Podcast, which has myself and TJ Bowser, and is frequented by Dan Miller, hashtag Criff Dan Miller, and Connor Chikiti. Uh, and hopefully this summer, if things line up, you guys will get to hear from Spencer some on uh, Dubac. Maybe. Maybe. You know, the, the, the man is a... I'll have to check my schedule. The man is a Star Wars aficionado, first and foremost. So uh, it'll be nice to have him on the air to... For us to both talk about our first loves. Um, but they're obviously, you know, do back discussion, tune in. Lots of Star Wars news happening. Lots of uh, Star Wars stuff happening this year. We also have the Gore and More podcast. It's a horror movie club style podcast with lots of really cool horror interviews. Uh, really soon. We can't say anything officially, I think. There's lots of cool stuff happening in time for Steel City Con. We're having a lot of really cool team ups and a lot of cool partnerships coming your way you're gonna want to tune in for guys so if you're a horror fan go ahead and subscribe to Goren more while you're at it and be sure to go to www.dobackdiscussion.net where you can find all kinds of news articles and reviews and if you scroll on further down you can go to our merch page which will take you directly to our tea public uh so go around share the Dubac love and wear it on your sleeve and make it your homepage while you're at it <laughs> Uh, Spencer, where can the lovely people at home find you? Not on Twitter, but on Instagram. You should be on Twitter. You, we do this every week. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, at Spence Man Cosplays. Don't forget to like and subscribe to see me amputate my right arm at the elbow. <laughs> but Jared, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. And uh, be sure to like Dubeck Discussion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to tune in at the same bat time at the same bat channel. And we love you guys 3000 and, uh, happy birthday to, uh, the one and only Spencer Simpson. Thank you everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care.
I know we will. Because our hearts tell us so. 